How very dare you, Glenn? Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, March 16, 2014. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 600. This is No Agenda. Celebrating 600 episodes of the best podcast in the universe from FEMA Region 6 here in the Travis Heights hideout in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where my count is 599.5, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> Always the Joker. This is show 600. Hey! <laughs> so, um... Eric and Maria came over last night, a friends of ours here. Eric is the uh, the lawyer, the constitutional lawyer. Okay. Because Mickey had arranged for VIP guest list access to DJ Tiesto here in in uh, in one of the clubs as a part of South Holy by Southwest. Holy crap. But she knows him. Okay. You you like Tiesto, right? You're into that kind Never of stuff. Never heard of him. <laughs> really? You don't know DJ Why Tiesto? Why would I know DJ I thought, Tiesto? I thought you liked trance and house music. Well, if you're listening to that stuff, you don't really care who's playing it. Uh, okay. DJ, DJ Terresto. DJ Terezzo. Oh, oh, that's... Terezzo? <laughs> he's got Terezzo? <laughs> that's my new DJ name. Hey, everybody, it's DJ Terezzo. Fuck, fuck, fuck. So, no, he's DJ Tiesto. He's a Dutch guy. He does like $70 million a year spinning records in clubs. Why don't you have him donate to the show? Yeah, well... There's that. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Mickey, of course, knows him since she ran all all of Amsterdam nightlife for a while there. And uh, so she tweets him. This is my mom. Uh, tweets him, hey, I hear you're playing. Put me on the guest list. He says, yeah, plus one. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I've met him. I, I think I gave him an award like 10 years ago or something. Like, oh, award? An award. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, this will be fun. And then, of course, oh, now it's Saturday night. And, you know. It's, uh, oh, crap. So Eric and Maria come over. Eric is driving the girls to the, because he's a lawyer. He's not going to go hang out and dance like me. And they're, they're <laughs> tweeting pictures. They're popping bottles in the club. Like, hey, look, it's me and Tiesto. You know, selfies. And I'm, oh, I'm sitting here. My, How old are these women? I'm sitting here in my underwear prepping show 600. I'm like, this, the world is a little unfair. Well, you, you'd rather be there self, doing selfies at the club? Well, so Mickey comes back and says, oh. Check the calendar. Mickey comes back and says, ah, oh, it was a lot of fun, but, you know, the whole VIP thing was just, it was all hookers. I'm like, oh, make it worse. <laughs> well, then uh, now you're talking. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't it's hurt me. Hookers. <laughs> it's all hookers. Like, uh, really? How many hookers are in Austin? I don't know. Seriously. Well, let's look at backpage.austin.com. <laughs> Actually, let's not. A lot. There's a lot well, there's of them. There's a bunch of rich guys there, so I guess there would be hookers. It's funny. Well, it's South by Southwest, so of course, you know, it's going to be. Oh, little... the hookers came in from out of town. Uh, well, I think most hookers usually come in from out of town, the ones that are worth anything. But there was um, the the New York Times, actually. What, the, what, what is the out of town they come in from? Dallas, Houston. Um, they could come from New Orleans, L.A. Yeah, the traveling hookers. Traveling hookers. New York Times uh, report, in-depth report, details economics of sex trade. And right here, without accreditation, of course, they uh, it's right here, a whole paragraph on Dvorak's law. In the nice. New York Times, the recession has caused some in the sex industry... 
to offer deals or drop prices. Atlanta law enforcement officials reported some sex workers even offered Veterans Day specials. Eh, they should. <laughs> and let's just remind everybody of Dvorak's law of economics. Uh, you can tell the one. <laughs> was that very good, John? Excellent. Yeah. Well, the law essentially says that in a down economy, the hookers get better looking. And there's more of them. There's more of them, and they're cheaper. Yeah, that's what the whole thing is. Welcome to Western civilization. Hey, Works well. Yes. Uh, so uh, anyway, so this, that, that was. Uh, I, I need to be. I, I'm going to do that. Though. I'm going to become DJ Terezzo. Yeah, that'd be you kind need of fun. To develop I just, some stammering or something to make it interesting. Let me just see. Maybe I can get. How would you spell that? Tourette's. Should I do DJ Tourette's or just Tourette's.com? No, DJ, and it would be the word Tourette's. But should it be DJ Tourette's or Tourette's.com? Maybe just Tourette's? Tourette's.com is where okay. I'd go. T E R R E T. That's not the way you spell Tourette's. Okay. T O U R Tour E E T T Tourette's. So, okay, I have. T O U R E T T S O. Does that sound right? Uh, no. Tourette's. There's, there's double T in the end there. Yeah. T O U R E T T E S O. S O. Okay. All right. Register. All right. Let's see. No one else want that. <laughs> it would be funny if it was. I'm sorry. It's taken. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Uh, nailed it. Done. I've got it. Yeah. Great. Tourette's. <laughs> I can have a whole career. Hey everybody, welcome to the club. How you doing? Fucking, fucking, fuckers. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, look, it's it, it's either that or go work for CNN, who are now touting the headline. <clears throat> Let me get the headline. Reporters at risk in Crimea. No, please. Hey, oh yeah, that's what they're doing. Reporters at risk in Crimea. They had uh, Margaret because- Warner from the News Hour. Roaming freely around Crimea, giving all kinds of interesting reports. I thought, you know, she's uh, who used to be one of the anchors on the news hour. They kicked her out, you know, thanks to Bill Gates. But she looks happier than ever now. She's a world traveler. Well, yeah, she's traveling. She's gotten out of the uh, gotten out of the office, which must have been horrible. Yeah, I have a report here. Let's take a look at it. This would be um, Ukraine. Oh, yeah, this is actually interesting. This is this is Margaret roaming around. Uh, uh, Crimea, and uh, this is the Ukraine ballot. Which is taking place as we speak, I guess, right? Yeah, it is. We'll know by the <laughs> Oleg Kobernik is going door to door in the small Crimean town of Zhonkoy, urging his fellow Ukrainians to go out and vote wow, Sunday bad. to once again become part of Russia. He shows them a sample ballot on how they should vote. Their choice appears to be essentially between voting to join Russia immediately or to declare independence from Ukraine as a prelude to that. Kobernik volunteered for the new so-called self-defense forces after protests in Kiev ousted Russian-backed President Viktor Yanukovych and installed a Western-backed government. He likens the current political struggle to the bloody battle over Ukraine 70 years ago between the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany. Ah, all right. Interesting how that AK-47 was just... Yeah, you know, you know, if I wanted to sweeten the clip, I'd do it myself. <laughs> I'm sorry. I... You got a new, you got a new toy. No, no, no. We've had that for a while. 
This whole well, anyway, so the ballot says the stupid election is such. I don't know why this isn't reported on more. The options are the following. Do you want to join Russia now? Do you want to join Russia later? Yeah. That, Listen to your that, two choices. Is that really exactly what it says? Well, it, essentially it says, well, according to her, and she had the ballot there, it says we need to join Russia immediately. And the other one says we're going to become a, a, a independent republic with the option of joining Russia later. Right. So what about no? Is there a no possibility of just saying no? No, this is rigged. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, this is rigged. Yeah, it's rigged, rigged. It's also, you know, you know everyone's getting in on the game now. Uh, uh, Vienna, was it Vienna? I think it was Vienna, hold on. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Venice. Venice wants to, is getting uh, a referendum ready to secede from Italy, which is exactly the same thing, by the way. Little crazy thing down there, hanging off of the island, it's, you know, underwater. Uh, if it wasn't for the country of Italy, Venice would be broke. Uh, they got tourism. Yeah, but it, it's not paying for the bills to keep those buildings propped up. Yeah. There's not much. I mean, Italy is broke. It, it doesn't make much difference. Yeah, I guess that's true, too. Uh, but well, that's, they're gonna, And they're going to start trading again. World traders. <laughs> going to go right back into the old history books. Let, let's... Play my other clip on the uh, on Ukraine, and so we can get it out of the way. It's from the same report. Okay, oh, there we go. For centuries, Crimea was part of Russia until the Soviets transferred it to their Ukrainian Republic in the 50s, and Crimea remained part of Ukraine after the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991. The peninsula still hosts Russia's Black Sea Fleet. And voters like Svetlana Kalinina insist a majority of Ukrainian citizens here want to be Russian citizens again. We've been waiting for this a long time. We felt oppressed for years. While we lived in poverty, the money Crimeans were making went straight to Kiev. Many parts of Crimea are impoverished, with high unemployment and low levels of government services and benefits. There are no jobs, nothing here. 29-year-old Alexander Kuzienka has only now found steady work as a courier. He, too, yearns to join Russia for economic reasons. Salaries and pensions are bigger in Russia, while prices are lower. That's why I think the majority will vote to join Russia. Yeah, we've discussed this before, this man-on-the-street uh, stuff, and it, it skews reporting to such a degree. All Everything, everything we're seeing is bullcrap. Yeah, it's bullcrap, but there is one underlying uh, theme which I think is probably accurate, which is that the Ukrainians are lazy. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm going to re relate a story because uh, my uh, Buzzkill Jr.'s best friend spent like two or three years in Ukraine, and then he went. now he's he was on some Russian island. And now he's just lounging around the house smoking weed? Is Is that your... No, no, he's always floating around Russia because his parents, he lives in t Tennessee or someplace mm, like that. Mm -hmm. His parents are uh, worked at. He doesn't get a job in the United States. But he just got kicked out of the Russian island mm -hmm. because apparently the Russians are pulling all the visas of, of foreign workers that are American mm -hmm. as we speak. Oh, yeah. And so he's like yesterday, he just got kicked out. Mm -hmm. But he says when he was in the, in Ukraine, he was always he tr always trying to start little businesses the way Americans do. He says you can't get. Says he started a magazine and he had, had everything lined up, and then the, the the day they opened, nobody showed up. 
Huh. Why don't you come to work? So I didn't see, think didn't it was feel necessary. like it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just work from home today? I'm not feel, I'm didn't you want to work from home? Feeling a little under the weather. Wow. So this here's here's the stuff that's really not being. Well, it is being reported, but it's of course not going to be uh, in this report from this woman. Um, big companies, big American companies, are getting very nervous about Jerry Carey. And his uh, his Yaley skull and bone douche knuckles and the the neocons and Noodleman um, about you know the sanctions that uh, that of course are are good to go that they're kind of forcing the president is just the puppet in this case PepsiCo and General Electric have now openly warned Kerry that uh, sanctions can backfire of course and and I have a clip from from Putin um, you know they've got business in Russia. And Putin is now saying, hey, you know, why don't I start some sanctions over here on some of your stupid companies? Here's a... yeah, this, I don't know for the, what, what news outfit this is from. The Russians have essentially put out the message that you sanction us, you're going to pay the price. We're going to seize American businesses' assets Woo! in Russia. And, and remember, there are a lot of major multinational American corporations who do business in Russia, and they're concerned about that. At the same time, in terms of how far the sanctions could go. All right. So here's what we're talking about. Uh, PepsiCo's... PepsiCo has earnings of, I think... Uh, more than a billion dollars in Russia. General Electric has a joint ve- venture with um, two Russian gas firms for gas turbines. Ford has um, car partnerships. This is, you know, is, is this really the plan? Uh, obviously, it can't be. No, and we already know that yeah. Merkel won't do anything, and she's going to veto anything the EU is going to try to do because they're, the Germans are yeah, yeah, they, worse off than we are yeah. when it comes to being they, connected at they, the hip. Yeah, they really need the Russian money. So this will, I, th- I think, ultimately this will just be about you know putting some some bombs around, uh, you know, putting some ICBMs at the borders, you know, stuff like that. Well, I think they should just pull back from the whole thing. I still don't think it's our business to deal with this. And uh, oh, hold on! And, and not only well, <laughs> Dvorak okay. for president, <laughs> but, but yes, me and Ron, yeah. But I'm I'm still under this the sneaking suspicion that unless the Russians are completely naive about this, and or they're just so prideful they can't live with it, I just still think it would be in the in the Russians' best interest to let the Ukraine fall under the influence of the EU and maybe even join the EU at some point, because it's not a it's not a country that it's almost like a toxic country, mm-hmm. and I think it would like just completely screw over the EU over the long haul. Um. Yeah, but the Russians don't want that either. They they need the EU. They, it's their customer. You don't want the customer to to die. <laughs> well, I guess there's that. Well, no. they just this isolate. So, me. so what is this then? It's just you know it, the only. No, it's just bull crap, as far as I'm concerned. It. I think it might. So I don't understand exactly how it works, but it feels like it has something to do with the petrodollar. And by the way, it, it would not surprise me if. The State Department, because Obama's out. He's just on the sideline. He, he, he's just, do, what? I got to do what? Oh, I'll sign this. Exa- yeah, I'll sign that. All right. Yeah, whatever. Hey, yeah, Muppet movie. Two ferns. <laughs> the guy's so clueless. It wouldn't surprise me if the Yaley, Jerry Carey neocons are in cahoots with Putin. Maybe they have a plan together to screw Germany, maybe. It could, it could be, it, I mean, I don't know. 
it, it, uh, do, it nothing seems logical from an economic perspective. That much we know. Here's uh, here's Jerry Carey talking about one of our original theses or my thesi, uh, which is the export of uh, liquid natural uh, petroleum to Europe to. Um, you know, in case Putin starts to do something weird with the gas. It does seem that if the administration would move to allow the export of natural gas into the Ukraine, that... That's not him, by the way. That's uh, one of the chair in the Senate. That would send a powerful signal that we could indeed do something here that would produce American jobs. After all, we're flaring a lot of gas here. We're, we're actually... Uh, uh, capping a lot of our wells. If we exported that specifically to that market, it might take time, but once we made that signal, uh, investors would uh, then put up, put up the, uh, the terminals necessary for us to do it, and it would go into the calculus in Moscow about whether or not <laughs> they wanted to lose. I hate that word. <laughs> do they have like a... Uh, have one... you noticed... Notice the usage of the word calculus. No, no, no. This is oh no, it's a meme. It's like well, we have to. We're gonna have to change the calculus. We have to do the calculus. Oh, the calculus. I don't know. It makes no sense if we do the calculus. <laughs> do they have one of those uh, abacus things? Is that how they do their budget in Russia? It's a uh, it's a meme. <laughs> that position, and it might bring them to the table. And I wanted to raise that. The calculus is evidence-based. Issue with you. Well, we're all for it, Mr. Chairman. And, no, and we're all fact, for it. All in. The Department of Energy has the jurisdiction over this within the administration. They have issued six licenses already Woo! for 8.5 billion cubic billion, feet per day uh, to be exported to uh, free trade and non-free trade countries, including Europe. So hmm. it's, uh, it's a possibility. Now, the first major project to export gas is not going to take hold until sometime in 2015 so but but since we're in march ukraine's needs are you know such that they ought to be able to get if, if there is any manipulation of we just send them propane tanks what is he saying he's, what's he trying to say <laughs> i think it, we'll send them propane tanks he's saying that because it's march and it's not that cold anymore uh, it's not a dire necessity, so 2015 is early yeah, enough. So, yeah, right. That's what so he, screw them. They can, yeah. they, can, hey, they can cook with nothing. Burn some books or something to keep warm if you got a problem. You, you guys in that corner of the world know cook what to over do. over wood. <laughs> yeah, so we, you know, we've been talking about the neocons running, running this, uh, uh, this operation, whatever their ultimate goal is, which is, is kind of published, the Project for a New American Century. And I got a, I've got a very upsetting email, a short one, but a very upsetting email from one of our knights that I wanted to share um, because I, find, I thought it was so unfair. It says, I listened to the whole Cheney rant. This was uh, where I was saying, you know, uh, that he's the the, whole, the worst person in uh, in the universe. All he wants is to kill people. Uh, he wants the bombs at the border, which he was literally saying. He wants, you know, let's put the ICBMs back up there. Let's get our war machine all cranked up. That's what he was saying, correct? More or less. Yeah, and I said, the guy's an, an a-hole. You said that for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I listened to the whole Cheney rant uh, and thought it was very distasteful. It is very hard for me to feel good about supporting someone, that would be this show, who so viciously rips a person who is out of power while forgiving those who are now in power and committing such crimes against us. Like, what show are you listening to? <laughs> 
What? Yeah. We're forgiving who? Are we forgiving specifically? Apparently, I'm forgiving Obama? the NSA and Obama. Harry? Yeah. And Sounds I'm, like you're ripping him every week. Yeah. No, I'm forgiving. I'm forgiving them for committing such crime. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think so. And that, and that's exactly what I said. Don't insult me. Don't insult me with this. I'm just telling you that I didn't like something. No, you're accusing me of things I didn't do. No, no, no. We we go after all these. Uh, we we. I don't know who we've ever made an excuse for. I guess uh, what's his name? The guy that was ousted by by them reapportioning his uh, area. The uh, the oh, the Dennis Kucinich. Kucinich. Yeah, yeah they, that's about so they the only guy. I like. Railroaded him out. <laughs> yeah, that's like the so only we guy I like. Support. We kind of listen to him, and we also I think with with Rand Paul once in a while. Yeah, him less so than Ron Paul. Yeah. But then we've also gone after them for being corrupt in some way or other. No, no, it's bull crap. Yeah. Somebody obviously is all in with the torture and with the Cheney and <laughs> yeah. and the Cheney bull crap is just completely out of control. Well, this night, needless to say, after what you just said there, will never, ever support the show. Unless he wakes up and smells the coffee. We have no agenda, people. For six, 599.5 episodes, we've had no agenda. None. It just to be able. The only agenda I have is to be able to do another one. Yeah. Just want to be able to do another just one. See the bullshit behind all this stuff, and I, and Cheney is not. Uh, and why is he even on the TV anymore? He's out of power. You're not out of power if, if you're, you're on, on the face if, the yeah, nation. Yeah. Blathering about what the, what America should do. That's a powerful place to be. Yeah, and if this guy was out of, out of power, and if he's out right, of power, it's not as though the guy's decided to live a quiet life in the middle of nowhere, Casper, Wyoming, with his wife and family up in the mountains, and we're j- jamming him because because even though he wants to get out of the public eye, that's not what's going on. No, if he was that, out of the, power, the, his the his heart should would stop. rethink his priorities. Yes. Uh, something interesting popped up on the Federal Register. Um, this is notice of determination in section 301 investigation of Ukraine. This is something not talked about because, oh, uh, let me think. Yeah, it's so hard to read the Federal Register. They have an RSS feed even. You can subscribe. Uh, the trade representatives made the determinations in their, in their investigation on February 28th, 2014. Uh, the trade representative initiated a Section 301 investigation of certain acts, policies, and practicing practices of the government of Ukraine with respect to intellectual property rights. Uh, see identification of this. Uh, the acts, policies, and practices subject to investigation were those that formed the basis of Ukraine's designation in the May 1st, 2013 Special 301 report as a priority foreign country. Those acts, policies, and practices involved are the administration of Ukraine's system for collecting societies, that's your ASCAP, BMI, Harry Fox Agency, which are responsible for collecting and distributing royalties to U.S. and other rights holders. Uh, by the way, when, when money's collected, it comes to us first, because we invented that. We invented music, you see. We, we invented motion picture. Use of infringing software by Ukrainian government agencies... Mm. And online infringement of copyright and related rights. The notice of initiation proposed the determination by these acts, policies, practices, actionable under Section 301. Um, so they're getting in early. Hey, we got a new government there in the in Ukraine. Get in line. <laughs> Let's be in line first. Yeah, they, they we're the ones who also invented the overnight line. <laughs> the bread line. Didn't we invent that in the, and in the bread line? <laughs> That's right. It's a fine American tradition, ladies and gentlemen. The bread line. 
And this is essentially a bread it's line. It's a bread if line. If you, yeah, that's, I was just about to say that. Uh, meanwhile, of course, we do have to uh, scorn Putin and Russia once again. Uh, the Paralympics are uh, currently taking place in Sochi, which will have a grand total of 52 hours of television co- coverage during the entire games, which boils down to about two times 30 minutes a day on NBC around 3 a.m. And uh, and Putin is now like some handicapped, uh, I'm sorry, disabled human being resources. Uh, he's being uh, confronted because he didn't have the proper ramps because he hates cripples. <laughs> Not only does he is hate gays. Does that work? I didn't see this at all. Well, yeah, it's all, it's all over the place. I, he, that's why there's not the proper ramps, it's, and it's, it's Putin's fault. Yeah, it's Human Rights Watch again, of I'm course. You, you can say whatever you want about the gas and all the rest. This is all about Snowden. Yeah, so, but you, what you do is you, you just say, you take anything bad, and you just put Putin in front or behind it, and it's okay. So, like, blank hates cripples. He hates dogs. He hates gays. He hates gays. Yeah, he hates dogs. He hates gays. Yeah. And he hates cripples. Yeah. No, he's a hateful person. Paralympians. He's just a, a horrible, horrible, horrible man. He doesn't want the right ramps. It's an outrage, says Human Rights and, Watch. And you know what else? He won't give up Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course he won't give up Snowden. A lot came out regarding that, man. Oh. This, uh... I, 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 so first of all, someone sent me an email... Um, and the more I think about it, the more our idea that this entire Snowden, all these people who are popping up around him, which includes Laura Poitras and Jacob Applebaum, I.O. Error, and Dorav Gambriva, and the whole Intercept crew over there to Pierre Drive My Car's outfit. Oh, hey, another week has gone by. And I And you still haven't read an article? Intercept. <laughs> you haven't read The Intercept. <laughs> It, it is so obvious their job is, their mission is to protect the Google Who book. This is my new name. The Google what? Who book. The Google Who book. The Google Who book? Yeah. That's Google, Yahoo, Facebook. Google Who book. The Google Who book. It's the, yeah, it's the, it's the trifecta. The Google Who book. So the first email I got is um, from one of our uh, producers who said, Oh, the the seven proxies thing that uh, you recall Snowden uh, did a Google Google Who book Google Hangout at um, at South by Southwest, and the first thing that the ACLU shill lawyers said, well, you know, in order to hook this up, we got him on seven proxies. Apparently, this is a meme that you and I were not aware of. This is a seven proxies. Yes, it's a four chan meme. Um, and the meme is, I went through seven proxies, good luck trying to find me. So either this was an incredible joke on someone's part, which I don't think was the ACLU guy. No, it was probably his, his writer. Yeah, his writer. I didn't know that. I had never heard of this. So, well, so that's the, that's I'm going to look for. Yeah. I'm behind seven proxies. Good luck in tracking me down. And oh yeah, that's like the the meme that yeah yeah. Well, these guys, I think they're responsible for I you know I I for one welcome our new so and so overlords and you know yeah, it's a yeah. meme yeah so. that's another one exactly. Now Snowden South by Southwest talk as you and I uh, deconstructed pretty much was was not saying stop using Google Who book. It was we need encryption. Yes, we need encryption. 
More encryption. This coincided to the day with Google's announcement of taking steps to encrypt search results. This whole thing was a promotion. What difference does it make? They keep, they keep all your search uh, queries. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, at the Google offices for, for 18 months to three years. So if I type in a hello, I'm looking for someone's, you know, somebody, uh, Google saves it and they keep it. They got all these computers, they store it. I don't know why. And oh, so they give me better ads. That's why. You're yeah, that way I can. What did I do? I bought something the other day. And I, uh, I, I, just before you go off on the tangent. No, go on. I'm sorry. I, I won't go off that tangent, but you know what I was going to say. Yes. You, you, the ads, yeah. Um, but here we have Snowden. His only point is encryption. It happens almost on the same the same exact moment that Google announces, and he's on a Google Hangout, and Google announces, "Oh, hey, we're doing encryption now for all your searches. Everything's safe now." Then how is it safe? It, now, don't argue with me. Of course, it's not safe. I'm getting to a point here. Just follow the point. Everybody listening to the show right now knows it's bullshit, but let's figure out who the players are. Zuckerberg then comes out in Politico. Well. I had to call the president because it turns out that the NSA was spoofing, pretending to be my side Facebook. That's I wish an you would outrage. do a real Zuckerberg voice instead of that that character you're doing. I don't. I don't. I don't, I, I don't have a Zuckerberg voice. Now to bring this all together, we have Steve Levy, who I'm, I'm sure you know. I do know Steve. Steve Levy, uh, he wrote an article for Wired magazine uh, about how the United States almost killed the Internet and still might. Cover article. Uh, Steve, I think, and I, uh, I'll give you my, my first impression of him, a uh, total Google shill. Tell me, you know Steve. What is he? Is he a good guy? Uh, well, I've had plenty of drinks with him. He is a opportunist, and he, as a writer, he's a good writer. Mm-hmm. But he was on the Apple bandwagon forever, and he was just a shill for Apple. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd say, I say this to his face, and he mm-hmm. go, "Yeah, whatever." And yeah, shill for Apple, shill for Apple, shill for Apple. Right. Friends with Steve, uh-huh. shill for Apple. Wrote a couple bunch of books. Special access. Steve dies. And then, uh, and then now what? Now he writes the Googleplex. Okay, which that is all sense. about Google and the go- and he Steve and Googliness. And he's googly, and he loves everything Google. I'm sure he does. He's, That's the way he works. He's the Google who book whore. He is essentially a walking native ad for these guys. Thank you. So he is on C-SPAN, which, as you know, is pretty much the only... Ch- they have it in HD now. Ooh. Except I, I don't have C-SPAN 3 HD. Which I, I have never seen... It's not in, on the Dish Network. It's not in HD. Yeah, they have they have uh, C-SPAN 1 is HD, but of course some of the content is just inherently not HD. Uh, but, it, you know, uh, some of it is HD. So the Washington... What is it? The Washington Hour Daily, the call-in show, which for some reason our producers just... They're too lazy. They're like... Our, our producers must be all from Ukraine. They're so lazy, they can't think... There's three phone numbers you can call up. And there's, there's interesting people. Stephen Levy is a, a Google-hoo-hoo-er. He's a shill. It's a perfect opportunity. And the people that did call up were, oh, the other day, I, I was... Uh, it was actually a woman. I, I, had three, I had three tabs open on my Google. That's literally what she, her, her browser <laughs> she calls Google. And I had... Because I'm researching a turtle... And uh, and all of a sudden, the word prism showed up at the top of one of these tabs. 
I didn't know that was possible. And Levy's just like, uh, (laughs) and I didn't clip that because I want to get to the important stuff. He's not used to dealing with the public. (laughs) But this is the kind of people that call. So any, our producers need to be called. We've only had one guy call in once about the six week cycle, which we'll get to. But yes. no, it's please, people, call into the show. It's hilarious. Okay. Yeah, so, you can have some fun with it, too. So here is uh, Levy. Uh, here he is. Uh, he, his entire job now, now that Steve's dead, is to promote the googliness of the Google Who book of Google and talk about how about encryption. And, of course, uh, obviously, uh, he's, he's been hanging out with Eric Schmidt, probably on the jet on their on their their listening tour. Yeah, and we learned from Edward Snowden just recently at the South by Southwest conference this week that encryption works. Right, it it, it does work, though it's not it's not flawless. You know, it, you, it, in order to do encryption right, you actually have to be relatively sophisticated. It's not so easy uh, for just plain people to use it, and that's a, an ongoing complaint. Um, you know. I have a question about that. Really? Did you just like sigh because I have a question? I did. Why? I sighed. Why? No, because it's a stupid. I don't care why. I don't know what he's saying, uh, what he's talking about. I don't know that he knows what he's talking about. But this, I just, I just thought it was a. I wasn't sighing. It had anything to do with you. I'm just saying. I'm sensitive. I'm sensitive to. I'm sensitive to that. It's a sifle clip. Okay, it's not even over. So. So this is this is the meme that is ongoing. The meme is encryption is hard. You have to be sophisticated to do it. It's not all that easy. Why is it, do you think, that uh, Google, I'll just take Google or Facebook, whose entire mission has been to make things on the Internet easy, why have they not spent any time in creating the be-all to end-all encryption product that once and for all integrates your address book, your email communication, your PGP keys, makes it really easy to do. Gee, do you think that's because it is not in their best interest? It's it's an advertising agency. They don't care about encryption. I'm just pointing out that for all the... If if you think Google is great, you're an idiot because these guys are screwing everybody. By not making the one thing, Snowden, if you're there clapping for Snowden, yeah, encryption, we need encryption, then you need to force these companies to make it easy for you to do. They make everything easy except that. You know, uh, at South by Southwest, I interviewed uh, Eric Schmidt. Well, Eric Schmidt, as you know, he's uh, he's probably an important dude. He was the executive chair cool. of Google. Yes, <laughs> as I hang out with him, Google. I wrote, I wrote the Google clip. I'm sorry, I got to complain about this Levy cat. Um, and a co-author of a book he wrote, Jared Cohen, and they did a big uh, international uh, listening tour for for their book. Uh, and they said they were surprised at the degree to which even dissenters in companies in countries who have a lot to lose from having their communications intercepted don't use the tools that are available to them uh, to scramble their communications because it's too complicated. Okay, so um, why uh, doesn't why doesn't the executive chairman change that? No, he's not going to. Now, on to Steve Levy, who's going to explain exactly how these companies work. And, and, what, and, and why these companies exist. Here's a tweet from a viewer who asks this. How much money does a typical company make off of our data? Percentage of profit. Can we forbid them from keeping data beyond a billing cycle? Do these companies make money from the government for mining this data and handing it over? What would the correct answer be, John C. Dvorak? The correct answer is that most of the large companies, Twitter, 
uh, Facebook, Google, these people hold data and sell it to the government or anybody else who wants to buy it. And it's a very profitable uh, business. That's the correct answer. When are you having drinks with Steve Levy next? <laughs> so, you know, uh, well, you know, the... Oh, crap. Oh, no. Well, here's what's going through his mind. Oh, man, if I tell the truth, Eric Schmidt will never let me back on the jet. Oh, I'll be banned from the Googleplex. Oh, what am I going to say? For mining this data and uh, handing it over. Sergey, no. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, the first part of the, of the question, whether it's from the government or, or not, just from their own use, is, is it gets really to the essence of what's complicated for these companies about this. Because these companies, as, you know, your tweeter uh, implies, you know, they, they, their model of serving the customer is based on having information about the customer and being able to, like, target information those those users want or to deliver the information uh, that, that they want based on who they are, you know, that's really important to those companies. And, and, and those Steven, companies sort of want, yeah, Steve, those companies Levy, want to cut a deal with us. And Steve Levy, yeah. I mean, I yeah, just sorry. want to jump in at that point because they sell this information then to other companies who, who want that no, research? No, they don't, they don't sell it. <laughs> you know, they don't sell it. They use it for themselves. Oh, crap. They sell it. It's a known fact. No, no, no. They to make our lives better. They sell. They use it for themselves to make our lives better, John. Not for advertising. It's to make our lives better. Yes, that's what they uh, do. The deal when we search in Google is that Google might you know, store uh, our behavior while we search and, and what we click on, but then they give us better search results. Oh, that's why. I always wondered why they stored all that data. Uh, Facebook <laughs> says that you know, if they know more about us... Yeah, it's then, okay. I'm, no, I no, it's 13 seconds. Come on. They could provide more relevant information oh. when we go on Facebook and look oh. on that news feed that, that oh. scrolls by. There. Oh, more relevant information. Uh, they don't sell it to the government. <laughs> no. Um, you know, they do get reimbursed. <laughs> for oh. supplying it to the government. It's reimbursement, John. It's not selling. It's a reimbursement. <laughs> I think we should stop calling it donations and just call it a reimbursement. <laughs> reimbursement? <laughs> Levy is a big liar. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he gets on, a, he gets on a, one of these, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's not a bandwagon, a tit. It's a cow's teat. tit. A teat. He gets on a teat and he's on his way. I would I would have a, a, a drink with him and call him out on all this stuff that he just said that you have well, he, interestingly he, he, clipped. And he'd go, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, I'm sure he doesn't care. He's, he's selling he books. Care. No, he doesn't care. Um, the, the final clip that I have uh, is really the – this is the essence of what he is doing and what First Look Media is doing, The Intercept. They are, And Snowden, I have to say, is deflecting – away from the true uh, vacuum cleaner, which is these companies. And, and and the meme now is, oh, boo-hoo, ew, you're making us look bad, President Obama. I'm Mark Zuckerberg. I'm calling you. Stop it. You write this at the beginning of, of your piece for Wired magazine. Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and the other tech titans have had to fight for their lives against the U.S. government, against their own government. And, of course, let's position them as heroes. An exclusive look inside their year from hell and why the Internet will never oh, wait, be wait, stop. Are you the, the so on here? So in other words, the list of heroes is that list on that yes. one slide yes. of the guys who sold out to Thank the you. NSA, the Prism yes. slide. Yes, beginning with Microsoft in nineteen ninety nine. The heroes, and then up and up and up and up to yeah. right to Apple. That that's our list of heroes. Is heroes, that what they're kind of angling for here. Yes. They're, oh, okay. They're heroes. They are fighting the man. Same. Why has it been a year from hell? 
Well, for what I was talking about before is these... Uh, this, this is what Levy wrote, by the way. I don't know if you read his article, but he says it's been a year from hell for these companies. They've oh, been through, through hell with billions in profit and billions in value for the uh, founders. Companies you know, are, are under constant scrutiny because they ask so much of us. They ask us really to give up part of our privacy in order for the benefits that these companies provide to us. And also, these companies sell ads against that information. Oh. They don't give the information to the advertisers, but they use that information to service ads. Oh, okay. Let me just make sure I understand how this works. They take the information and they service the ads. This guy's really off the rails. There, um, So it's part of their business model as well. So they've spent years trying to get us comfortable with that deal. And they've been done a pretty good job because we use these uh, companies a lot, even though we know that we're sharing information that you know, in other circumstances we might not be comfortable with. Now something new comes into the equation. Not only is that information being used by the companies, but wait a minute, the, the government's getting hold of that information there. So in other words, like Little Brother is collaborating with Big Brother there. <laughs> and that just throws all the trade-offs askew and could make us very uncomfortable with it and really threaten those companies' core models. Ah, well, good. And the gall, the gall of, of Mark Zuckerberg... To, to pretend, I don't know, maybe he did call the president. I don't know, maybe, I'm sure he can. Zuckerberg on the line, sir. <laughs> hey, Mark, what's up? Hi, everybody, what's up? Uh, the gall of him to say, wait a minute, you guys spoofed Facebook to p plant malware? While, he, while in the Time magazine, we know that, that uh, Robert Mueller, the FBI director, has an office in Facebook and is just walking around? And that the CIA's very own investment venture capital firm in, invested in both uh, Facebook and uh, in Google. Google has a known, although the details not been published, a, a, a deal with the NSA. They have a joint venture and Amazon is hosting $600 million worth of, of uh, CIA data. People, wake the F up. <laughs> Come on. And, 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 and what's happening here, and I, I'm just convinced of it, is we have these these journalists who are producing journalism, which is squarely bent at making the government look really bad and, and exposing what is going on, but making the tech companies look like the good guys and the heroes with PowerPoint slides. You know, we still have, I have no proof. I have a PowerPoint slide with some top secret, your eyes only, SIG int info, no RF and mm -hmm, coding that with some arrows that shows how you could hijack uh, through DNS, I presume. Uh, uh, it, to make it look like someone's uh, getting a Facebook page. There's no code. I have no, I have no log files. I have no proof of this. So this is all just theater of the mind as far as I'm concerned. Not that I doubt it can happen or has happened, but that this is not journalism. This is PowerPoint slides. I'm not impressed. I don't know, to, to be honest about it, I don't know that if, if anybody really appreciates this show, how anybody, and you managed to do it, yeah, it wasn't the best thing I've ever heard. But you managed to take a Steve Levy article <laughs> and produce an entire segment based on it. I don't know. It's like it's like watching a magician. But I have no tricks. This it, tricks. It's not just tricks. It's true. Fine. <laughs> no, but. Uh, okay. 
And, and, and here's where it, here's where it came home for me. We're galled by this Levy article. Apparently. No, no, no. Because I've been no. What happened? Or the C-SPAN thing must no. have just got on your nerves. And then no, no, no agenda. People <sighs> call no, which is wide open for anybody wide to call open, to harass you. Wide open. Now here's what wide happened. Open. I based upon because I saw I saw I saw the PowerPoint slide. We have a PowerPoint slide. Let's write an article that's three times too long and publish it on a subdomain of something from a billionaire on a WordPress blog. I wanted to set up, um, and our, our good night 19-inch uh, rack um, was helping me set up a DNS sec, secure DNS, which is the way you can uh, thwart people hijacking your page. And, and I really wanted to do it for no agenda, for nashownotes.com. Because you know, it's like I want, uh, we have copies, uh, offline text copies of every single web page that we have in the show notes. Uh, you know, I don't want, I don't want any, just it's the, what you do. And it's not that hard. Now, uh, curry.com is where we started. And, uh, uh, and the show notes, uh, these are, uh, I've registered this at um, Network Solutions. Uh, Network Solutions, which is one of the oldest registrars on the web. The internet. They they were the internet before they uh, were bought, and then they were bought again. Do not support DNSSEC. Do not support it. One of the oldest registrars on the web. This is this is insane. Why can't you just use an IP address? <laughs> no, no. DN, you, you don't. It's just because you don't know how it works. DNSSEC is uh, is a specific function you have to it's basically like putting an encryption key into your who is information and then when the DNS is queried the keys are used so it, it it's not just an IP address you have to have the registrar okay so it has to be authenticated yeah. at some yes. level yeah at, now at the if level. they're not supporting it then who's supporting it and what good is it well strangely the I will not use them uh, GoDaddy supports it but I will not use GoDaddy. I, I can't deal with the n- amount of clicks you have to go through. And then I went through the fine experience of transferring a domain name to another registrar. Have you ever had that fun? I have my guy <laughs> do that. Essentially, you have to answer all these questions. Why do you want to leave us? For what reason? Are well, you that sure? That depends on what the, where you, who are you transferring from. Uh, from Internet. Yeah. Well, they what they wanted, and they well. I mean, why do you want to leave us? Is is not always there. It's only with the whoever it was you were registered with. Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. I, they ask why do you want to leave us because I'm trying to transfer it, and then you right. have to Didn't go you through because you suck. What did you tell them? No, I said uh, you do not provide. It's a drop down menu. You can't say you suck. Oh, um, so you have to go through all these drop down menus. To, it's a DNS issue, and then because you have to get a token from them. And then, and then they're like, oh, uh, wait, before you leave, do, would you like a deal? <laughs> we gave you 10 years. For- <laughs> wait, once you ask for the deal, I would be pissed about that. If I'm going to get the deal, I want it up front. I don't want to have to answer a bunch of questions and then get the deal. This, by the way, here's a tip from Adam. Um, if you uh, want to register with a porn site, always take the free option and then immediately leave. Because the, upon leaving, they'll say, oh, well, hold on a second. We'll give you a year for a dollar. <laughs> it's, it's the best way to get cheap porn. Anyway, uh, but then I had to call them. And I had to go through another 18 menus before you get a guy who reads a script. And then, are you sure? Yeah, we, we'd love to offer you a deal. No. Uh, anyway. It's these companies that have ruined the internet, and Steve Steve Levy's Wired article, shame on Wired for this article, shame on you, 
Steve, shame on Steve Levy. Shame on Snowden for promoting bullcrap from the same companies who are vacuuming up your stuff. There you go. Whoo! A rabbit. That brings us to what the real issue is when, and this is the great report, this I can report, apparently. Uh, yes. This is, this is the report, this is the kind of crap that you get from Fox. And by the way, I want people, there's a lot of people out there listening. We have some older listeners, and they would be listening to Fox once in a while. They had the worst news organization. Yeah, it's Shepard and that other guy, they're bare. They're, those guys are okay because yeah. they just report straight news. They don't do anything like what you're going to hear here, where they bring on some idiot, some woman who, whose name is Pran or Fran or something like that, her, uh, the, the correspondent, Elizabeth Pran, I believe. Uh, a graduate, I looked her up, graduate of University of Florida and journalism, real pretty. She was an intern turned producer. I mean, Fox must be crawling with these women. Good-looking blonde, doesn't know anything. And this is what we're going to hear, and I do want to comment on it because this is going to be my column in PC Magazine on uh, next week about this, what's going on with ICON. Well, the U.S. government is planning to relinquish control over the body that manages Internet names and addresses. It's a move that's expected to bring more international cooperation over the management of the World Wide Web, but it's also making some American businesses nervous. Elizabeth Pran is joining us now to tell us more about why it has some folks rattled. Hi, Uma. Well, the Commerce Department has been overseeing the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, or ICANN, for almost a decade. ICANN maintains, administrates, uh, administers domain names as well as IP addresses, among other web requirements across the world. That's not that, true. That, however, is scheduled to expire next year, and it appears U.S. officials will give up its oversight role and let the contract run out. The job may be taken on by groups that lead private businesses as well as other interested parties, not just multiple governments. Recently, however, critics have been raising concerns that other countries may try to take control. I think that's kind of what I'm seeing with the Internet. It's almost as if rather than admit that we made this some is Huckleby. <laughs> because he, he, I'm sure. What does he doesn't, if you go back and say at the beginning, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And by the way, at the end of the report, they said they're going to go to, to uh, Pat Buchanan to discuss this. <laughs> There are parties, people that not know just, something, but go ahead, play, play, play. Multiple governments. Recently, however, critics have been raising concerns that other countries may try to take control. I think that's kind of what I'm seeing with the Internet. It's almost as if rather than it. Hold on, I, 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 I like this. He's sitting in his uh, command center and he's looking over the Internet and this is what he's seeing. Is that what he, is that what he just said? Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is what I'm seeing on the Internet. Admit that we've made some stupid and even some unconstitutional mistakes in invasion of privacy. Let's clean up our act, but let's not Nothing give away to do with it. The, the, <laughs> clean up our act. The whole process. Democratic lawmakers such as Senate Commerce Committee Chairman Jay Rockefeller are praising the decision, releasing a statement and in part uh -huh. it reads, since 1998, the U.S. has been committed to transitioning oh. management of the Internet's domain name system oh. to an independent entity that reflects the broad diversity of the global Internet community. Ah. NTIA's announcement today is the beginning of that process. While the decision is historic, Internet users should notice really no changes if anybody at home is concerned. Oh. Oh, All right, man. thank you very much. Oh, wow. I, this, I, oh, of course I knew that this, I read the articles, this is happening. And we know that the, uh, the ITU, the U, United Nations, uh, the, the Telecommunications Union has been wanting to get this for a long time. I had no idea that the way they'd spin this, if I just heard this correctly, 
And by the way, the IP addresses and network segments, I believe that's from Ripe and not from ICANN. No, it's, it's, just, it's not it's, important it's not, to the story. That's not important. But the reason – it is important because they're taking people like Huckabee and pe people have absolutely no knowledge of this and they're letting them spin the Snowden NSA story into a – Yeah, it's got nothing to do with it. A re but but when you see, I mean, what Huckabee says has got nothing to do with anything. I don't know what he, why they even put him on. This is horrible. Fox is behind this. And then they have, uh, they they do the quote from Jay Rockefeller, who's a Democrat, and which also reconfirmed. He's New World he, Order is what he is. He's New World Order. The, here's the deal. And this has been going on for the since 1998, almost at the day that, that ICON got into the business of doing anything. They were maintaining the DNS servers. Here's the, what's really – you know this as well as I do. This is about – and it's not about diversity or anything. This is about giving it over to the U.N. Yeah. The United Nations wants to get – they've been wanting to get a hold of this for years. I have been flown down to the ICON headquarters more than once to be lectured by the guys running and saying, we're going to be fucked when these guys take it over. They're trying to screw us. The Internet is dead once they take it over, and they, they have this been. So it's been stalling for a while, Rockefeller, of course, being on the wrong side of this. Uh, the idea is, is you get in, get the U.N. to do this, and now all of a sudden all those things about not being able to say bad things, hurtful things. Yep. It's, a, it's, a, it's a right censor the Internet program, Agenda 21, everything. You won't be able to produce this. Sh this show is going to be one ah, of the targeted uh, well, things that's going to get killed. Well, no, we're going to get killed by the United Nations. Yeah, well, that that can happen any day now. But that is not true. And I do want to set you straight on this. While they can um, capture the DNS system, uh, they can do all kinds of things with the quote-unquote web the network itself at the network layer level is rampantly out of control and there's no way for them to stop it we the, there is an itm dns service if people want to get this show we can teach them how to ch it's not it's not easy i'm not saying it's going to make life better in fact it'll make it much worse and we'll become no, pirates on the thesis. outside but it's no, a but, small number of people that will go through the trouble excuse me what do you think our audience is we have a small number of people but they will go, they through, the go through the trouble yes, of calling C-SPAN. No, Those no. people? <laughs> well, Is that who you're talking about? Why do you have to bum me out like that? I'm just saying. You're the one that brought up the C-SPAN thing, and you've made the point. You've made it before. You've made it a lot of times that the, our audience will support the show, but they won't do any work. Well, the only work they would have to do is change one number on their computer. That's all it would take. It's, it's a big jump. I understand. You're but talking about the DNS number? That's all you have to do. And the then, one that most people have set to Google? <laughs> in fact, that, that somehow many is, is automatically set to Google. The 8.8.8.8. I haven't seen anyone automatically set to Google. Oh, it, it, happened, it happened to my... Uh, well, here's how it works. The router on your cable modem, uh, if it reboots or if they initiate a reboot, they can set it to Google. And then that propagates through to your machines unless you have the machine specifically set manually to a, a DNS server that you like. Mm. So, and, and I saw that happen just the other day. Um, so it will come down to that. Uh, I totally agree. And there will absolutely, this is about shutting us up, about b disconnecting entire network segments. Not shutting us up, shutting up everyone. anyone who doesn't go along with the program. Um, you know, so it's, 
That's what it will come down to. And this is why I, I'm, I'm a true prepper. I mean, you're the meta prepper. I know you've got the, the list and address of everyone who's got food. But <laughs> I've been prepping myself for the, in, for the inevitable day when you will have to have your own email server in order to email without restrictions, where you will have to have your own DNS, where you will have to have some form of different search, which I have, Yacy. I've, I've talked about that a lot as well. Um, that day is coming, and you might as well let your kids start seeing it and understanding it, because that's what we should be learning, not how to f- swipe your fingers over an iPad. I'm sure that I'm sure the specific topic is part of the Common Core. <laughs> In fact, that's the book I should be writing: digital prepping. That's- Actually, that would be a good book. I I would look at that myself since we're on the topic of this sort of thing. I had to get this clip. And this because uh, this is just an interesting clip because we got to, to a debate around the house here about this is in my thing of course this is why you need a ham license. Well, was this you? That was me saying that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, this is the Stingray report. Oh yes, no, I'm familiar with this. Okay. <laughs> In California, newly revealed documents show local police are using powerful devices that allow them to secretly collect location and other data from cell phones. Known as stingrays, the devices pose as cell towers to intercept real-time data from all cell phones in a certain radius. While their use by federal agencies was previously known, new records obtained by News 10 in Sacramento show stingrays are in wide use by police forces in California, from Los Angeles to Sacramento and Oakland, where they were used used to make 19 arrests in 2009 alone. According to News 10, quote, when Miami-Dade police in Florida submitted a grant application to buy a stingray, they told the city council they needed one to monitor protesters at an upcoming World Trade Conference. Parking a stingray outside the protest would give law enforcement the names and telephone numbers of everyone nearby, News 10 said. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's essentially the same thing they did with Facebook. Yeah, this is the yeah. this is the analog yeah. uh, for your cell phone users, yeah. and of course, this plays right into your little uh, "I don't carry my cell phone around anymore" kind of thing. I don't. I don't have a southern accent, do I? I can't do your accent. So, could everybody please who's listening to this right now, uh, then if you're in the car and you can't uh, do it, we'll just write it down, remember, rem- memorize it. OpenNickProject.org. So it's open. Nick, N-I-C, project.org. It'll give you two new DNS servers right there. It's the open, it's the alternative DNS system. It, it, everything will work. Everything will work just fine, except it's not controlled by ICANN. And uh, through the OpenNIC project, you can actually register. There's a whole bunch of cool things you can do. It is the, oh, it's the Linux of uh, DNS. And uh, you should do that. Do that today. Do it right now. Do it on all of your computers so that you can't get spoofed. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, anything can happen, of course. But this is a this is a start. It's a good alternative to um, these agency controlled networks that are now being hijacked for the United Nations. And I and I take your point, And you're absolutely right, John. It is about controlling speech, but it will be called internet freedom. Crazy enough. It's internet, internet freedom. freedom. That's right. Speaking of internet freedom, I'd like to say for the 600th time, thank you for your courage and kittens and in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, actually, technically, I, know. I don't think it was until about show 100 before we came into this little back and forth. So I, I That's why we call you the buzzkill. 
In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships and sea boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. And to our artists, thank you very much, Martin JJ, for your uh, album artwork for episode 599. Or hello, and in the morning to you there in the chat room, always uh, ready with a snide comment and sometimes a word of encouragement. Been even sometimes a good idea. All the human resources, noagendastream.com. Uh, this is the program where for the 600th time we are bringing you completely non- uh, agenda-held content. Uh, we have no advertising, no native advertising, no sponsorships, no in-show mentions, no compensation whatsoever for any products or services we discuss. The only way this show stays on the air and has been staying on the air for 600 episodes is because of you, the producer. By the way, you are a producer. If you have uh, su- supported the program with material, with information... Um, or with your financial means, you are a producer. That is the law of the land in Hollywood. We're just giving it the same props to you. Go ahead and try that in Hollywood. Hey, I got some, I got 50 bucks for your movie. They'll laugh at you. Who are you, slave? Go out, get out of my face. Here, we give you credit. Well, we do have a couple of uh, three executive producers and two for show 600. It's a little light, actually, for this end of the spectrum, but okay. Lots of $60 donations, which we'll yeah, mention later. That's awesome, yeah. Bashir Osman in Harrow, Middlesex, UK, $600.02. Congratulations, John and Adam, on 600 shows. Here's the 600 more. Oh, oh my God. Another 600? There's uh, truly nothing like the No Agenda show, which, which is accurate. And proud to finally achieve a knighthood. Uh, episode 500 and 600 donations. That's interesting. He wastes 100 shows. To donate. <laughs> well, but and then he did it big. Yeah, well, he you came. probably donated 500. I don't have the number here, but 500 for show 500 and yeah. 600 for show 600. We will expect $700. <laughs> in three years. <laughs> for sure. In three years. Uh, no, nah, it's less than that. But No, it's, well, it's, yeah. 100, it's 100 shows, which is uh, two years. Which is still a... No, actually, no, it's, it's one year. It's about a year. Two weeks. A year from yeah. now. Yeah. But it's, sure will. it's a pretty good deal. So he can... It's I eight, like it. Eight, what is it? $8 a month? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... The Lord's Dames, Knights, Slaves, and Elites, please be upstanding for another donation from the Grand Duke von Pelsmachers. Stephen Pelsmachers in Belgium, $600, and he says, ITM, gentlemen, and congratulations on 600 shows. Wow, a stunning achievement. You have provided countless hours of infotainment. And kept me both informed and, more importantly, highly amused when this was sorely needed. I'm sure it's a coincidence, but the 600 show falls on 31614, which adds up to. No, no, no. 33. <laughs> no, these things are no coincidence. It's no coincidence. It's pretty weird. Little girl laugh. Yeah, yay. I mean. Yeah! Some karma, please, for all the dames and knights who have supported this journey you embarked upon so many years ago, as well as Mimi and Mickey and the Dvorak and Curry clans who have shared you with us. Finally, some karma for you both so that we may move on to the next 600 (coughs) episodes of the best podcast in the universe. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm not quite sure. He says, would you play? uh, Okay, thank you, thank you. Here we go. Boom. Yes, gotcha. You've got... Karma. Robert Love in Orlando, Florida, $333.33 to mark 33 today. 
In the morning, you happy 600. I'm a relatively new listener, and even though I agree with most but not all of your yeah, observations, yeah, yeah. you know, we don't need to hear that. We, yeah, know, we know nobody agrees. Why would anybody agree with everything we say? If John and I agreed on everything, you wouldn't be listening for 600 yeah, episodes. Yeah, because, for example, with the, in the, in the you, uh, recent kerfluffle with Russia, I believe it's got nothing to do with anything except Snowden, and he thinks it's just oil. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm right, but that doesn't matter. He, he's right about and it's, other things, and I would say he's gas. Right not that. I would say gas, not oil. But that's it. Yeah, that's no, how that's how well you listen to my theory. Thanks. Yeah, I know what you gas, oil, but uh, advertising. Advertising, <laughs> whatever. In the morning, do you happy six hundred <laughs> relatively new listener? I do enjoy your unique perspective on the bullshit and your deep understanding of the true nature of this corrupt police state that has all of us imprisoned. Woo-hoo! I was at first skeptical about your value-for-value value model, but after listening for a while, I see the light. <laughs> you make us think we need that. I have redirected my frivolous spending to something of greater value, the oh. best podcast in the universe. Would you play pre- pre- predictor drones? <laughs> I, 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 I think he means Obama with pre- predator drones. Oh, predict. okay, predator pre- drones I like pred- to the head. I like predictor Think of the drones. children and send some karma to all the people living in the abject poverty around the world. Bless them. Uh, I, I like predictor drones, actually. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. I have two words for you. Predator drones. <laughs> oh, won't somebody please think of the children? You've got karma. Yeah. Nailed it. You nailed that one. Sir uh, Geef. How do you pronounce that in? I would Geef. I would say Geef. 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 In Oslo. Norway, we should, we should know, but oh well. Uh, this should bring me to a new knighthood or dame. How about how about Sir Gear? It's just a mistype. Oh, it could be Gear. Yeah, it has to be. It says Sir Gear in the note. Oh, there Sorry, you go. Gear. Hello, Sir, uh, Sir Geef. <laughs> but from now on, he shall be known as Knight of the Geef. I will be dedicated to my daughter, Dame Tina, or Tina, to the show. If Tina is already taken, is, she, is he sacrificing his daughter to us? Yeah, yeah, he's going to send her to us. To be used as a uh, uh, intern. <laughs> okay, so oh, that's nice. So he's uh, his, he has a. Uh, this is probably his third knighthood. Maybe I more. Don't know. I don't it's know. been quite a few. Dedicated to his. So it'll be Dame Tina. Yes, she shall be damed. We should days. go visit him. I, you know, all the Scandinavian and Nordic countries. Norway is the only one I never stepped foot on. I need to do at least a toe tap. Yes, Sir Michael Levin in Brooklyn, New York. Before you die. Bucket list. ITM. Uh, John and Adam, Sir Levin here. Some cool stats show 666 is in 33 weeks. Damn. Whoa. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Please send happy sales, Carmen, to my wife. Thank you for your courage. All right, nice. Woo-hoo! You've got karma. We got, uh, you know, uh, Joe from uh, HealthySurprise.com. He's coming to uh, Austin, he and his wife, uh, or girlfriend, I think. And we're going to go out to dinner. Oh, that well, be before fun, you huh? talk about that, can I do one more uh, mention on this this readout? Yeah. Because we, as a make good, do you remember when we had Susan Bell and No Note? It was a, one of the exec, executive producers, associate executive producers. Yes. It turns out to be John Bell, also known as JB from DC. Oh. Since you missed this, I heard you scrambling to find my note on the production recognition segment on Thursday. My wife is is on the check. So you always announce ah, it. Wrong. You announce it from Susan Bell. Anyway, he did have a note. Uh, Does he, he not have his own checks? Is that uh, is that a thing? Is this a 
Is she bossy? Yeah, I, I think he's in the security business. I think his, wi- his wife is bossy. You know, I don't know. Bam Bam and P. Pebbles, thank you for all you do in the gatekeepers of reality. I'm a long-time listener, probably not a show 160 or so. Uh, a monthly donor. A few shows ago, you talked about the militarization of the U.S. I thought I would share an experience that happens at nearly every University of Maryland basketball and football game. At one of the breaks, they trot out. I believe we may have talked about this. At one, and I bitch about it too. At one of the game breaks, they trot out four military personnel that work at Cybersecurity Command at no such agency in Fort Meade. Usually a large number of fans do a standing ovation. Oh, gosh. <laughs> really? Good times, he says. <laughs> Man. Oh, yeah, that is bad. That's really <laughs> that's, bad. That's, that's bad. This, may, this is the, the, the end of the country. Standing O. Yeah, slow clap. The phony Woo! baloney cybersecurity command. <laughs> I would like a karma shout out to all the monthly donors who help keep the lights on, but uh, do not get the recognition like individuals donors uh, as individual donors by name. I would like to also get a douchebag shout out for anyone who has listened to this over? Who has listened to at least ten shows and has not donated? And finally, I'd like to call out George Caleb for not donating yet and being a douchebag. Douchebag. If he has donated, he will let me know. I'm sure, and I, if I'm wrong, I will cut another check at the next show uh, as my experience, as my repentance, and give him a karma. Hmm. All right. Okay, so then he just needs a karma. Yeah, here we go. Bend over. Here it comes. Here it comes. You've got karma. Wow. Well, uh, nice list. Uh, of course, uh, we're, we can always count on our uh, our knights and our our dukes and archduke, grand duke, super dukes, uber dukes. Uber duke. And, and we should mention that everyone who donated $600, even backwards 600 like uh, Sir Rice that, um, yeah, who did it? He did the we'll one. We'll be one, two, on three, the list two, of of executive producers for this show, so you'll have uh, two producerships you can credit to the uh, uh, to your uh, but your IMDb, IMDb or, your or your LinkedIn. LinkedIn or it's funny. I was looking for someone the other day. Um, uh, someone had sent me an email, and I wanted to find out. And I, I knew it was a listener or producer, but he had kind of a common name. And and here's what you do. Um, you, uh, uh, in, in, invariably these people all show up on LinkedIn. They, and there's like 28 people with this name are on LinkedIn and then you just look for the one that is a no agenda producer. Bam. You've got him. Yeah. It's very, it's a good, very way. handy. Yeah. Very handy. I agree. No, you have a common name on LinkedIn. This is one of the problems with the service. You cannot, unless the person's famous or, or validate or sort at the top of the list, you'll never find them. No. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that digital preppers book idea. That that's an actual good idea, and and there will be ham no, radio stuff. No, it's a great idea. Yeah. You can do your yeah. email server. We can do some ham yeah. radio yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone should get a ham. But also license. just just the concept that people understand that we don't have to use all these services. Well, yeah, if you want to stalk some ex girlfriend from high school, well, okay, there's that. But we really don't need all this stuff. All these trinkets. Have we learned nothing from the Native American Indians? It never turned well. We might get a casino out of the deal, but um, I have a special PR mention. A lot of work was done by a longtime producer uh, who uh, he's one of these guys who emails me yeah, about ten times a day. You know, you, you got those guys, right? And, uh, and yeah, we and, both have a couple of the same ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it gets to a point where you don't answer most of them, but then once in a while, I'm like, oh, that was kind of cool. And then you say, uh, hey, thanks, just so you. 
to, he'll know that he can keep emailing. <laughs> it's my own little social network. PG Kelly. I'm sure he's emailed you from time to time. Um, and um, uh, he uh, uh, says, congratulations on your 600th episode. I knew he was working on this, but I had no idea it went to this extent. This link I present to you is for the No Agenda show on archive.org. All of the episodes have been archived in their natural state. I have also made an animated GIF that rotates through the 600 episodes of artwork, which changes every six seconds. So he's got the show notes and all, well, after today, it'll be 600 episodes uh, on archive.org, which, of course, is the archive of the Internet. Yeah, until they shut it down. (laughs) Well, oh, man. Just be a little, I mean, well, the guy who runs that, he's, he'll fight that. And what's his name? He's a good guy. Yeah, I forget his yeah, name. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. So we appreciate Brewster it. Brewster Kaley. Yeah, Brewster Kale. Kale. Yeah. yeah really Brewster, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, he was, a, I don't know, he's a, he is an interesting character. Really appreciate that, uh, PG Kelly. That's uh, that's cool. And, of course, highly appreciate the support from our uh, associate producers, executive producer, <laughs> Executive producers and associate executive producers, um, as well as um, everyone else who will be uh, mentioning in our thank you segment, which is coming up later on. Uh, we will have a, a six show 601, and it will happen on uh, on Thursday, and we'd uh, appreciate support for that as well as we continue into our six. Is it six now? Is this our seventh year? This is our seventh uh, year. It's up there. It's up there. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Always remember, we need your help with propagating the formula as well. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shut up, slave. Shut up, slave. Shut up, slave. I found a, a new show on TV. Oh boy, that is the future of all news. <laughs> uh, let me see. Let me just look at your clips here. Let me see if I can find out which one it's going to be. This is science. No, no. no. All right, Abby Martin, Chris Hedges. <laughs> <laughs> God, let's hope not. <laughs> all right. Okay, the clip is right this minute. I want you to describe for me after you hear this clip what was going on. Meteorologist, but this could potentially be the smallest rainstorm ever. What? No, that's coming from a building. Yeah, yeah, or or a fire hydrant or something, or the line across, right? Oh, the camera pans up. It doesn't look like there's a building up above. What? You know what it could? And then look around. The camera pans around. You see everybody else standing. Do I get to say it now? Yeah, you can say it anytime you want. Somebody urinating off the building. No, that's not what this. That's not what this is. The future news. That this store. Okay, that would be news. Let me listen to the so, rest. Let me listen so to there's the a YouTube clip of, 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 a, of a pile of water. It's like a little rainstorm that's about uh, three feet by three feet uh, in the middle of a street in Palermo, Italy. And mm. everyone's and it's like, oh, so this can happen. And these guys, these these guys, here's the news. Here's the way the news is. It's like a, it's a set similar to TMZ, only more compressed. Uh-huh. They got the screens behind them. It looks like you're in the CBS headquarters. <laughs> and there's then each one of these people have a 
an Apple laptop and they play a YouTube video that they find fascinating. Oh, wait a minute. And they wait all a minute. talk about it. Is this a Ron Bloom production? They, <laughs> they all sit around talking about it, trying to, well, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? It's just it's like complete idiots, not, you know, millennials that don't know anything. They never did any research. They just play these videos and it. talk about them. Yes. That's the shit. That's news. Exactly. I'm all in. Where can I the, sign you know, up? The thing is, is that here's the problem with the show. It's called, by the way, it's called uh, Right This Minute, and it's syndicated. See, oh, the man. problem with the show is that these guys aren't interesting. If they were talking about it in some, or if they were comics, even I mean, the, the five tries to do this, but they're not that funny. It's just it would it's possible that this could work, but it's not going to work with this. Well, crew. well, this this format it's, it's it's a variation on a format. That has been tried for many, many years, and the whole idea is, and the local news stations try it, is we get these viral videos, and I've seen the variation. It's the viral video show. It's the even my um, uh, my brother-in-law, who's the, the Italian actor, he did a version of the show on Rai Uno or whatever on Saturday. Night. He might still do it. It's great. You get a bunch of viral videos. You show the videos. Ha! ha it's very funny. And you, if you if you're a comedian, you can make a joke about it if you're interesting. So I'm, this is basically failing this one. Yeah, but yeah. that's but it's the future of, of oh yeah no it's news. well the, I think what you've glommed onto here it's the future of news that's the difference instead of it being a comedy thing where look at the look at the dog <laughs> and we've seen it and we've seen it the on, on the big news shows they bring in the Twitter feed they right, bring in right. oh here's what they're saying on Twitter about us yeah. and then they show the Twitter people then there's always some you know you know Jack the dog is a the guy's name they're these handles and they, they they read these things on CNN they do it yeah. on uh, France Van Cat they have a whole web section yeah. now oh yeah where they just show clips again, you know, YouTube clips that are as news. I don't know. Well, it's, it's you know, just if, the way it goes. If either of us believed in the medium and we had the, the time and uh, we were hot-looking babes, we could do this show with video. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it would, it would be great. The problem is we're like, all, you know, dudes with headphones on. This is not a good look. Yeah, well, I don't wear cans. No. Well, true. Uh, let me deconstruct a little thing for you here. This was kind of funny where this popped up. Anyone can do this at home. If uh, And more and more, more and more of our producers seem to be catching on to the system. Uh, you'll see a news report, uh, and it'll go something like this. Boston's big St. Patrick's Day parade suddenly finds itself without one of its major sponsors. The maker of Sam Adams Beer withdrew sponsorship because they say organizers are excluding gay groups from taking part in the parade. The iconic Boston Beer Company says it's disappointed parade organizers could not reach an agreement that would have allowed gay veterans to march on Sunday. At least one bar had threatened to stop serving Sam Adams if they continued to sponsor the parade. No comment yet from parade organizers. All right, so this is this is the news. You can find this every if you just Google this. Sam Adams pulls out. Oh no, no gays. Oh, Sam, Sam Adams is for the gays. We love the gays. Um, this is of course. Uh, there's another nonprofit NGO behind all of this, yeah, and it's very easy. You just have to figure it out. Here's uh, another little news snippet, which takes us a little bit deeper into who's behind this beer ban. Breaking news in South Boston. St. By, by the way, 
Breaking news in South Boston. Patrick's Day Parade. Organizers for the parade have rejected a second application to march from a gay advocacy group. Parade organizers say they were misled by the group Mass Equality. Uh -huh. The organizers say the gay rights group had applied to march on behalf of 20 veterans, but the organizers say they could not find evidence that the group LGBT Veterans of Equality Organizers was a recognized veterans group. <laughs> so here's what Mass Equality did. MassEquality.org, whose sole mission is to pressure people with LGBTQQIAAP, although they're still in the they're old school, they're still LGBT, which, oh no, they actually have the Q there. Um, this, they make up, I guess they make up, this group of veterans who are LGBTQ, uh, which cannot be confirmed that they are an approved veterans organization. And they want them basically to march in rainbow flags and rainbow colors instead of veteran uniforms. And when the parade guy said, no, you know, are you a real organization? You know, could you please show us that? But what happens is then these guys, MassEquality.org, who have two nonprofits, the Mass Equality Education Fund, which is a 501c3 organization, that's, uh, a, that's your traditional uh, nonprofit NGO, but then they also have the Mass Equality Political Action Committee, which is a 501c4 corporation, which is a lobbying group. And I have to, I really must say, uh, my gay brothers and sisters, you should question these groups and what they are doing in your name. In our name, let me, as a heteroflexible. They are, they are misusing, they're, no, they are abusing your sexuality to um, lobby in Washington. And it's not just for rights. Okay? They're, 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 they're a pack. So they, uh, you know, they try to influence elections. There's a lot of stuff going on here. But the way it's portrayed on the news, oh, Sam Adams, well, I know them. I heard of them. That's a beer. Huh. What? Oh, something's wrong. You want to I'm look surprised at they didn't get Putin in on this. <laughs> they wanted to have pictures of Putin with rainbow flags. You're right. That, that would have been the trifecta, wouldn't it? It would have been great. So Sam Adams just basically got caught with their pants down, as it were, and they're just acting stupid. Well, by us. No one else No one else has called this. Only we called Of course it. not. Yeah. Well, that's never going to happen. I'm sure like, uh, like me, John, you've been just enjoying the nonstop coverage by just a bevy of experts on aviation across yeah, the news I'm trying to look here if I have a clip <laughs> I, I, I found so, I, I was able to find something uh, besides the, the the Tourette's guy which I'm not going to play but I tweeted that I thought that was great news. yeah I, I'm not going to play I'm just you shouldn't even have looked at it Let's see. <laughs> I don't have anything I, I have something here uh, I, I'd like to uh, point out that I do have questions for you, though, by the way. Okay, I'll point something out, take some questions. I have a statement and then a Q&A. Okay, you make your statement and I have questions. Okay. Uh, the statement is, I'd like to point out that everything they're talking about now, such as the overage on lithium batteries, the whole idea that uh, whatever was in the plane or passengers or cargo was more important, that this thing flew on and landed somewhere, this is being hidden, all of this was discussed on this show a, a week ago. A week yeah, ago. long before we had all this new information, and all and people have been sitting through hours 
of commercials with I mean, Richard Quest. He the closest he's got to the cockpit is first class, but this is CNN's top guy. And then they bring in all these pilots, and everyone's got an opinion. And okay, um, I have two clips um, from a, a new someone who I've not seen on the scene before. But oh my god, I want her to be on all the time now. The best news model ever on CNN, e- Evie Pompuras. Have you ever seen this woman? No, how do you spell her last name? I'll take a look at her. Okay, P-O-U-M. Wait, wait, wait. I've got to close a couple things. <laughs> close the porn site now. P-O-U-M. P-O-U-M. P-O-U-R-A-S. She needs to change her name. No. Now, she is, according to her bio, she is a former Ooh. Secret Service agent. Who protected presidents such as the current one, the the first lady, the Bush, Clinton, as she's a um, interrogation specialist, and she's smoking. She she, <laughs> she's smoking hot, but when she talks, you it, it's frightening. You, you you I mean, I actually stepped back a step from the computer screen when I saw her talk. Like, oh man. She's got a very interesting sneer-like smile. That would be what I'm talking about. Now, yeah. for some reason... She's I, like she wants to... She's like... She should be like... You know, she's just not... She doesn't like men or women, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. She has disdain. She she gets up and eats penis for breakfast. <laughs> That's kind of what she looks like. Well, this isn't, isn't this a Greek name? I think so, yes. I was in Athens with some people once, and, and one of the things we noticed is that all the women... The great-looking Greek women, they all look disdainful. I pointed this out to a friend. I said, do you notice this, too? He says, now that you mention it. That is a very, that's the, uh, disdainful is the description. Yeah. Um, Okay, so so they have this panel. And by this point, or at this point, it's Don Lemon is anchoring the thing. Because, you know, Don Lemon is such a whore, he'll go on, as long as it can be Don Lemon time. But Don Lemon doesn't know anything about aviation, but okay. So he is, and he's calling shots like, hey, can we have someone in, in D.C. Make, make up a graphic on that? This is what he's doing on the air. It's hilarious because Don is running the show in the, in, the, in the land of the blind, one eye is king. And he's got people on who I've never seen before because they're running out of ideas. They have no, no, no other events, although, gee, I don't know, Turkey's being rubbleized. There's tons of stuff happening. But no, they've got to continue on this. This Because ratings, this is Jeff Zucker. It's a ratings bonanza. He knows it, and he's right to do it. But they're running out of ideas. They bring on Evie, and the only thing she knows about apparently is interrogating people. Now, as, <laughs> as you pointed out, yeah, yes, whatever you say, mistress. Yes, I did it. I'm guilty. And here she is with her expert advice on the the pilots, I believe. I do want to point something out with what you said with the game changer, with not trusting your pilots and not trusting people. It's a game changer, John. You can't trust your pilots, just so you know. (laughs) But next time you get on board of a plane, look that guy in the eye and say, I don't trust you. I have to say this. I was a criminal investigator, and I did polygraphs. I did interrogations on people. And the one thing I learned is that anybody is capable of anything at any given moment in time should certain things play play out. 
I don't trust anybody, <laughs> pilot or not. And maybe I'm cynical due to the job that I had, but I think that is irrelevant because it's the human component, the being inside. That's what matters. You can be a pilot, you can be a cop, you can be whatever, a doctor. The title has nothing to do with it. Right. All right, I just want to reiterate. This woman was Secret Service, protected presidents and first ladies, and uh, she is essentially saying the MK Ultra program is real, and we can switch it on at any time, on anybody. Second clip. That's kind of what she said. Uh huh. To me, it it seems very clear. I love, by the way, how she promotes herself in every other sentence. The job I had, the experience I had. Yeah, how I find it, that disturbing. She is disturbing. To me, it's, it seems very clear. It just, again, I don't know if it's that investigative thing or that component of my... Oh, oh God. This is where the hotness factor just doesn't, it doesn't compensate. It's like, hey, baby, I'll tell you what. Can you shut your trap? To me, it's, it seems very clear. It just, again, I don't know if it's that investigative thing or that component of my background, but with all these red flags, I mean, it, from the beginning, it just seemed very nefarious. And the way nefarious. it's kind of laid out, it just seems extremely calculated. There's some calculated. involvement there as far as people being, you know, put out or passed out or the pressure and all that. All that. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm not. I can't really say on that aspect or not, but I do feel huh? that there is significant calculation here, Ooh. that this was deliberate, Ooh. that it was very likely these pilots, considering some of the, the things that are coming out, especially with the one pilot having certain capabilities, Ooh. having that, the simulation not, system at his house. She's an idiot, this that's woman. odd behavior. <laughs> it's yeah. odd behavior. Yeah. That's a red oh, yeah. flag. That's a, that's a red flag. Odd. This, is, this is, if you were watching this, you were either A, me, B, a moron. You can't watch this, people. This is not okay. This is completely... She's just blathering. She didn't say anything. And that and it's hours of this stuff. It's just going... And, and I turn around, I look at CNN. They're still doing it. Because they have... They, oh, I said this thing didn't crash. There's no evidence of it. Um, here's... Here, and, and I'm just going to... Uh, oh, well, we'll do that. That was the presentation part. Let's go on to Q&A. Does anyone have any... Uh, I asked um, uh, before we started if uh, audience members could write down their questions on a piece of paper. And, uh, okay, the first question I have here is... Uh, is from John C. Dvorak. Could you please stand up, identify yourself, and the new yeah, organization you're from? John C. Dvorak, a No Agenda show. Yes, sir. Producer what? and co-host. <laughs> yes, what's your question, sir? Now, we're under the impression that there was a number of beacons that were on the plane that kept transmitting to some satellite as part of a service that the airlines didn't actually subscribe to, but the, the, the equipment's there anyway. So all along, they were getting the satellite that was getting the pings. And so the, the satellite knew where the plane was every hour it reported in, even though they didn't turn on the the. the any of the fe features that would... I'm sorry, sir. Do you have a question? We have a lot of people who want to ask questions. But, okay. Why, once they knew that this was going on, which they must have known from the get-go, didn't they just track the plane from the, using that technology rather than making all these guesses and looking in the water when the plane was clearly Security! In the security! Can we have... Th this man the plane is being, was clearly in the air. This man is being security. disruptive. Please remove this man. He cannot ask good questions. Putin! Um, yes. Uh, so there are two... Let me just explain. I'll explain briefly. because What you're seeing right now in television is uh, something is being queued up in some other arena. This is all distraction. It's being done purpose purposely. 
Um, this is why it's it's on your screen all the time. We have. Can I mention something here, which is disturbing? Mm-hmm. This does fall right dead smack in the six week cycle thing, which makes no sense to me. It it does because to me, something's going to be lit off any minute. Okay, go on with your finish. Finish. All right. So this is all distraction. Um, there are a number of uh, of types of transponders, communication, etc. Uh, but we have the transponder. Oh, by the way, uh, th- this is the thing. This really makes me angry. Every single news when they talk about the transponder, like, well, if uh, which is a, it's basically it's a it's a device that sends a signal out with the identification of the aircraft, um, the aircraft's call um, uh, registration number. Uh, it sends out altitude. Um, and, and it doesn't even ident all the time, but, and it has a number and, um, and it is, u- it is used to track individual aircraft. So, uh, typically if you're flying, you're flying around an airport, certainly in Europe, you'll be squawking as it's called, uh, there's four digits you can set, the pilot can set 7,000. Um, that, and then someone, someone is looking at the radar, they can then see this blip and they'll say, oh, that's some guy p- piddling around. Uh, when the uh, air traffic controller is interested in you, or if you're transiting through an area where they are will be interested in you, they're going to give you a unique number, so that they and they'll write that down. Okay, we're going to say make this guy squawk seven one seven seven, and uh, we'll write that down. This is his um, his his aircraft, and uh, we'll keep track of him. We can hand that off if we want to. Now there are a couple of numbers in there. Um, that are used that the pilot can set uh, if there's an emergency. Uh, and every single piece that I've seen, uh, so here they are. It's uh, uh, the numbers are seven five zero zero, seven six zero zero, and seven seven zero zero. Can you guess what these codes would be for, John? I don't know. Something about not, nothing good's happening. <laughs> exactly. So seven five zero zero. If I if I change my number from the seven thousand to seven five zero zero, that means I'm hijacked. If I change it to seven six zero zero, that means my radio has failed. I have a communications failure. And if I have an emergency, it's seven seven zero zero. And this is like this is you, this is one of the first things you learn when you become a pilot. For some reason, everyone thinks it's cool. All these news models, like. If there's a problem, we can change this code. I'm not going to show the code to you because, you know, hijackers might not be able to Google what the code is. It's really <laughs> stupid. Anyway, so there, that's one part of it. But radar does not need you to be pinging back. Radar can just track you. And as we discussed on the show, um, U.S. military tracks everything above the surface, if they want, on the surface and below the surface. I have seen some of these systems when I was on a Dutch frigate. Uh, it's amazing what you look at. It's like oh, I see, I see a Cessna flying in the south of France, then I'm here sitting in uh, in the north of the Netherlands. Um, they they know where the satellites are. Every single aircraft, everything can be tracked. If this if this aircraft was flying, it was tracked, and not just American military has this capability. If you're a submarine, they can track it. Once they know you're there, they can track it. So all of this is a lie. Everything you're seeing here is not true. The only thing we don't know is what really happened. But the, that, that nobody knows where it flew, how long it flew, and when it, when it literally was no longer flying, and where it is on the ground, there is knowledge of this. Now, why is this not being told? Um, I have to say the 20 engineers 
And maybe, this is a conspiracy nut. Yeah, I'm a conspiracy nut. The 20 engineers and maybe what they had in the cargo, that overage, which was checked off as extra excessive lithium batteries, maybe you know, from a company that makes um, a rocket guidance systems. It could be could have something to do with that. I don't know. Um, but, gold bullion. Nah, I don't think so. A th- you know, a thousand yeah. pounds of gold is is not the plane is worth more than that. I think. Yeah, it is, but you can sell the plane and the gold. No, you can't sell the gold. You can't it's sell nice. You can have tw- it's twenty million dollars worth of gold. Yeah. So the pl- and the plane is a hundred and fifty, hundred and seventy million. It's not worth it. It's not worth, worth it, it in parts. It was whatever. <laughs> no, you can't. You you can't. Sell. This is not a a, a chop shop. It's a chop shop. No, chop. <laughs> they flew it into a South Indian <laughs> chop shop. Hey man, I need it. You got a right hand engine for a triple seven, man. Hey, hold on a second. Let me check the chop shop. I just need a fan blade, man. That's all. No, every nut and bolt is tracked, has a, a lifetime. No, this <clears throat> this plane will be found eventually. Um, and there may be bodies on board or they'll be eaten up by whatever uh, eats them up. These people are dead. The, believe me, the people are dead. The crew was in on it, and it was something that was in, in the cargo. Maybe those guys, the 20, had to be taken care of as well. I don't know. But stop watching it. If, if it comes on TV, unless it's that Evie chick, because it's just freaky to look at her mouth when she's talking. Freaky. Disdainful. Uh, turn it off, because they're distracting you. And now let's go to our six-week cycle, uh, which was uh, yesterday, I guess, was the... Essentially yesterday. Yesterday. Ides of, Ides of March. I believe... And, and I want to review this with people, um, how this came to be. Because uh, I, I can see people are confused about the six-week cycle. They feel, now it's become a meme where every six weeks, if someone has a sharts, then all of a sudden it's, oh, six-week cycle. No. <laughs> I get a kick out of that, by the way. <laughs> I, do, I do, too. But it's that's not a how taxi it works. Drives a taxi wreck in New York, six-week cycle. Yeah, you could say so. two people killed South by Southwest, six-week cycle. No. <laughs> the six-week cycle is specifically from the FBI – the FBI, who have to show that they are thwarting terrorism or some kind of incredible danger to the United States public, not the world, United wow. States public, um, and they do it in, uh, they're involved, they always have a patsy, a guy, who they've usually honeypotted into doing it, or mind-controlled, he of course always has a middle name, so we have three names, and uh, and usually it involves a plastic uh, play school cell phone that the guy uh, keys in the code thinking he's going to blow up a truck of sand. This is, and it's to keep the money flowing into the FBI. Most other things are, do not adhere. Just don't. That is the six week cycle. Now, yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it is. It's always some, some phony baloney thing that takes place. And approximately every six weeks, because it takes that long to plan and execute these things. Yeah. And it also takes six weeks to forget what happened the last time. Exactly. And it's about the my because I think it's been determined the American public can't remember anything past two or three weeks. I, I don't even remember what you said five minutes ago. Well, there's for other reasons <laughs> for that. Whatever the case, this is a, so right now if something should be happening. Uh, but this thing is 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 become. I, well, I do, I'm wondering I, I if have you're a question executing for you. something like this. If you say, "What are we going to do about this Malaysian air thing?" Because it's taking up all the mind space. 
I have a question. You know, everybody's talking about this. What, are we, what, what could we possibly do to get their attention back to uh, our budget? Uh, well, it, we could we could uh, fire up harp and get a, a storm going, a super storm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be one thing. Let me ask you a question. Why it be a terrorist attack? We're way overdue. I, I <laughs> can we have that meeting in a moment? Um, I know that we're the policemen of the world, but why is it when a Malaysian flight going to China is is missing? Why do U.S. naval ships have to be involved in the search? What are we like the do-gooders of the world? Why is it? Why do we have to do that? That's the thing that I'm suspicious about. Everyone, oh, of course, of course, we're in on. Of course, the U.S. Navy is going to go. Why? We're the good guys, man. <laughs> is that it, man? You know what we're that the costs? Good guys, we're we're there. We're there. We're yeah. we're there to help. Where do we send the bill? We are there to help. Uh, I, I want to send. We don't the have the bill, people, for the goodwill. <laughs> we'll invade. Uh, wait, what is your thing, man? What's your thing? We'll invade your country later. <laughs> yeah, well, they, hey. you send the economic hitman in later, and you guys yeah. have to agree to it. Hey, you remember when? Uh, you remember when uh, we helped you find that jet? Yeah. So and, you know, it could be it could, it could be the free scale semiconductor guys and whatever tech they had on board. You know, or I doubt it. I doubt it too. But it's it's kind of like I mean, a, it's not. Yeah, I was thinking this while <laughs> I was driving around saying, well, maybe the free scale guys they had to kidnap them because they have a a new super microchip that yeah. they invented there yeah. for Motorola Something in Texas. Like that. And I'm thinking, what do they want to do? They just buy a license. That's the joke <laughs> yeah. about half of these stories that go like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You buy a license. Yeah. He, okay. Yeah, anyway, no, you get, you're done with this topic? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's, okay. That's, I, that's the only question I had was about why they didn't track the thing better. So I thought the funniest thing that happened this week, I think the most amusing thing that happened this week was the guy, this guy from The Guardian named Luke Harding, and there's a clip there. I got two clips. Luke Harding and Snowden is the one that... Wait a minute, isn't, that, right? isn't that the guy from... Uh, uh, no, no, no. He's not from The Guardian. He's from... Uh, yeah, no, no. He's from... Uh, ah, what's the name of that outfit? No, no. Change, isn't he from Change.org or We Be Change? No, 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 no. This guy. This British guy's from The Guardian. He's a oh. reporter. Okay. And and what they... I, and I think it's either... He's either MI6, which I think the Guardian's well, Guardian, got a lot of those yeah, guys. Guardian. There is a scripted, a scripted interview with him. And I say it was scripted because of the way the questions were at, so quickly answered as though they were anticipated on the news hour with the, with Jeffrey. Jeffrey's at... And the guy... I just think... No, I don't think... I, nobody's pointed this out. This guy wrote the book that Glenn Greenwald was supposed to write. He put his name on it, and he takes all the credit now, and Greenwald is out in the cold. Jeffrey Brown has our conversation. It began with an email. I am a senior member of the intelligence community. The beginning of revelations leaked by Edward Snowden of the vast surveillance and collection of data by the National Security Agency and the beginning of a new book titled The Snowden Files, the inside story of the world's most wanted man. Author Luke Harding is a correspondent for the British newspaper The Guardian, which broke the initial Snowden story. And welcome to you. Hello. I am a senior member of the intelligence community. That's what Snowden wrote to Glenn Greenwald, then a, a columnist for The Guardian. But in fact, he wasn't a senior anything, really. What's the impression you drew of the young Snowden? 
Well, he's a, he was a junior member of the intelligence community, but someone who had incredible access to top-secret information uh, and who was deeply unhappy about what he saw and thought he would lift the lid on, on unconstitutional mass surveillance. You, you uh, find insight into the mind of especially the younger Snowden through anonymous postings he made on a tech website, and he used this name, the true hoo-ha. <laughs> yeah, at age 18, he made his first posting. It's a slightly weird name, but these postings give us some uh, insight into how he was as a young man. Someone not of the left, but of the right, very patriotic, um, pretty obnoxious uh, in places, um, but also deeply talented with computers. You say of the right. I mean, really, his strongest political leaning seems to be libertarian. He, he supported Ron Paul. Yeah, he's, he's very conservative. He's from a patriotic family. He even donated to Ron Paul. Uh, (laughs) He's related to Ron Paul? That's what he says. Now, this guy, this character is the Luke Harding, who Greenwell must be beside himself that he's got this book out. Do you think that this is is, uh, retaliation for Greenwell basically saying to the Guardian, F you? Thanks thanks for for all the candy. I think he's MI6 because he used to be the foreign correspondent for the Guardian in Russia. Hmm. And then apparently the Russians figured he was a spy and they kicked him out and he's been refused re-entry since 2011. Uh Does that tell you something? (laughs) The milkshakes don't bring him to the yard. And so so we've got this guy. It's interesting. In 2007, this is in the wiki page, the Guardian apologized for material in an article by Harding that was substantially similar to another article published earlier that year in the Exile he, uh, so you got nailed for plagiarism. I don't even think he wrote this. I, I mean, I'm sure he had a hand in the book, but this is one of those books that looks like the books that Woodward keeps crank, cranking It's, it's out. from the pundit program. It's, yeah. Yeah, they write the book for you. Uh, some agency writes a book for you, and then you fiddle with it, and then huh. you crank it. And you have this big book that comes out out of the blue. And this is, the, this is definitely a targeted, uh, targeting Greenwald. It's targeting uh, Snowden with the information we had no idea about any of this stuff. There's a libertarian, and he's friends with, related to Ron Paul, and all this stuff. This is one of those very carefully crafted pieces of propaganda that will have all kinds of little pointers in there that just kind of push you, push you over here like this, so you think like that. How about how about this for a theory? Um, Snowden is CIA. And his job is to embarrass uh, out and knock down the budget of the NSA. Um, Grant Greenwald, no rap. His he's he's part of it, but he is part of the Five Eyes. Uh, well, really, the GCHQ and CIA um, collaboration there. No, it's GCHQ, no, GCHQ and is NSA. NSA. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, th- well, th- then it then it makes even more sense. So this is GCHQ. Okay, that would be pushing right. back and screwing him. Like, oh, really? Okay, well, here's your book. Oh, I'm sorry, we already wrote your book. Now, I have to say, it can be the greatest book in the world. I hadn't heard of it, and they better do something about the PR. Hire the Curry Devire Consulting Group or something, because Greenwald's book is going to sell no matter what. No, that's true. Greenwald can write a piece of crap, and it's going to outsell this book because this guy, even though he's got good, and he's a very not, he's not really a, a colorful person. Let's play part two, and then you can hear a little bit of more information. Oh, I'm sorry, I I don't see a part two. Harding two. 
Just, Sorry. Okay. I, don't I know. I usually do. I don't have to tell you. He, uh, his sort of guiding principle was the Constitution, the American Constitution, which he kind of cherished. And he even volunteered... Hold on a second. I just have to... I'll, I'll, I'll start the clip over. But really, who, who accepts... What kind of... Brit- you know, his guiding for every American, the guiding principle is the U.S. Constitution. Come on, this is a Brit talking. What a dick! To fight in Iraq and try to join the U.S. military, which was a kind of disastrous episode that went wrong. And even at one point, uh, uh, blast leakers of information. It's deeply ironic. Yeah. yeah, in 2009, when he's working as a junior analyst for the CIA in Switzerland, he uh, absolutely blasts the New York Times for publishing an article on operations in Iran, uh, denounces them. To announces WikiLeaks. But of course he changes. Like most young people, he kind of goes on a journey. And the more he saw, the more disillusioned he became. Well, so, and, and that's this part of the story that you tell in the book. What's the, is there a key moment um, where, he, where he changes or was it over time? I, I think it was over a period of, of years, but there were two things which upset him. Firstly, he saw more stuff. He was a systems administrator, so he could roam around the kind of secret kind of places of the NSA. He saw more documents, which troubled him. And secondly, he became disillusioned with Obama. Uh-huh. He thought that Obama, even though he didn't vote for him, would roll back some of these programs. And when Obama didn't, he decided that he would act and do this extraordinary leak. And what's your sense of Snowden, um, I guess his own level of certainty about what he was doing? Doing and what he was seeing and, 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 and what he should do about it. He has this enormous sense of inner calm. Um, uh, Ewan McCaskill, Glenn Greenwald, my guardian colleagues who met him in Hong Kong, said he'd sort of reached this place of kind of inner tranquility, if you like, where he decided he was going to do the sleek, even though he knew full well that it would have enormous consequences for him and that his life would never be the same again. But he felt kind of morally compelled to act. Um, and, of course, the, it was a big price. He's now in exile with no prospect of going back to the U.S. And Threat. He's mm-hmm. a very wanted man. That, that first meeting that you described, here, um, you know, a lot of this is 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 in the IT world. It's the tech world, but that first meeting has a lot of cloak and dagger of old-fashioned spy world. It, it's like something out of a John Le Carre novel, sort yeah. of crossed with a magical mystery. Whose novel is that, John? John Le Carre, the guy who did all these did big bastards, uh, a lot of spy uh, uh, stories, uh, tons of them. He died recently. Uh, he sends these instructions saying, um, meet me at a hotel in Hong Kong next to a plastic alligator, and I'll be the guy <laughs> carrying a, a, a scrambled Rubik's Cube. And, of course, Glenn and Laura Poitras, the U.S. filmmaker who met him, were expecting to... Oh, I got it. I got it. This is good. You hear how he says, Glenn. Do you hear that? No, I didn't. Go back. Let me he's, hear that again. But of course, Glenn. He's a, the, you know, next to the plastic alligator, Glenn. It's Cube. And of course, Glenn and Laura Poitras, ah! the U.S. filmmaker who met him, were expecting <laughs> to see Catch. an old, grizzled CIA veteran it was, it was, wait, in a stop. blazer. It, was, it wasn't even what you said. It was, it, I can't even quite do it, but it's Glenn. But of course, Glenn. Glenn. It's, it's, it's very British. Glenn. It's a very British thing. It's like, yeah, totally how, how very dare you, Glenn? Glenn, how very, very, very dare you, Glenn, next to the plastic alligator? alligator and I'll be the guy carrying a, a, a scrambled Rubik's Cube. And, of course, Glenn and Laura Poitras, <laughs> the U.S. filmmaker. It's also very gay, the way he says it. I have to say that. Glenn, really, bitch? Who met him were Skinny expecting bitch. to see an old, grizzled CIA veteran in a blazer. And instead, they get this young, student-like geek. And their first reaction was... 
it's not him. We've it's been impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. It can't be him. And of course, over a period of um, several days, they they debrief him. They get his story, and he talks them through the documents, and they discover that he is indeed real. And then so much has come out now, and we on this program, and you, we've all looked at this now. So much about the various surveillance programs. Where where are we in this story? Is there more to come? Where, what, what do you think? Well, there's more to come, but there have been fantastic number of revelations over the last nine months. We we know so much more than we did. Hey, great clip, John. It's not it's not really clip of the day because it doesn't have no, like no, a zinger. It's, it's not a great clip either. No, it is. I really like that, but it also made me think about something. If um, if you went, well, you can go to any technology conference anywhere you want, and you lined up, you did a line. Let's just do a lineup of ten guys, and we say one of these guys is a systems administrator. This is the way he speaks, the way he looks. I do not know a single cis admin who looks like Snowden. Not a single one. I'm I'm trying to think. Um, he's boring. He's straight laced. He's you know button collar. Um, he talks very articulate. There's not a single. Come on, man. Cis admins they talk. You know, we got they got swazzle, they got swagger, they got uh, the way they they got. Uh, well, they usually wear beards or they're fat or that, they're really skinny. They always they're always they're they're eccentric. Well, I think that the beard and the fat, I think that is a uh, that's not tr- yes. There's a lot of that, but it's not the only kind of cis admin because you also have you have BGP guys who do network admins. They're a little bit different, but this was a Microsoft SharePoint. Uh, uh, administrator <clears throat> I don't you know it doesn't feel right to me or maybe that is what it, maybe that is exactly what the Microsoft, Microsoft SharePoint admins look like I could be wrong well I I I could take I could accept it I'm not gonna I'm not quite as <clears throat> skeptical as you are on the, on that particular thing about Snowden but this thing here this planted book Mm-hmm. And the story, there's probably information in the book that we need to know. Uh, I'm going to read it. I'm sure there's a bunch of code in there. And the guy threatened, of course, these are, if this guy's like an eight, what's you the, know. What's the name of the book again? Part of the, the community. He's threatening that he's going to be stuck there for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. And what was oh, yeah. a couple other things in there? It was a very interesting uh, little interview because this guy was, I've never heard of this guy. And I didn't know about this book just like you. I was like kind of stunned by it. I'm thinking, well, there goes... You know, at least ten thousand of Gren, Gren Greenwald's. Uh, well, Gwen Greenwald's. Well I, well, I think what's uh, better is uh, money. The only no, I, don't, I think the thing. The thing no, he'll that, lose sales. The thing yeah, that not a lot, but yeah. you know, it's no. The it's thing that 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 gets if you want to hurt Glenn Greenwald, tell him he's a dick. Yeah, you know, or tell him he's he's wrong, or you know, this is this is to get under his skin. You know yeah, what I mean? This yeah. is this is to get under. <laughs> no, you're right. This is to get under. This his is skin. to get under his. I'm skin. sure he's irked about this book. The Snowden Files. This is the name of the book. Yeah, they got a Kindle edition. Okay, bam. Going to order that right now. Buy now, one click. Buy now, one click. I'm going to buy it with one click. With one click. Hold on. Oh boy. Oh man, I love when I get a spinning wheel of death. Oh. Uh, okay. Buy now, one click. Dune. Okay. Let's, oh, let's look at the... Yeah, uh, by the way, I have clicked the buy now one click, and it always asks me for my password. It's not one click. I've never gotten one click. No, it's bull I, crap. I got, thank, I, I got okay. thanks, Adam. But then I have to click again to continue shopping. Yeah. That's, that's, two, that's two clicks. I Should agree. Should have jumped right out of there. I agree. 
Um, wh- let's look at the uh, the reviews. Let's see if the spooks are in there reviewing it. That's always oh, a good yeah. thing to no, do. This is a good place to spot them. Yeah, let's see. First, uh, you got to find the guy who says it sucks, and you know he's okay. Uh, do they have uh, customer reviews? Oh, reads like a Le Carre novel. <laughs> really? That's uh, must be the same publisher. Well, that's the New York. That's the New York Times uh, reviewer. But how about uh, okay? Uh, what do we have? Mm-hmm. I don't see anything stimulating. Gripping page turner. American Trader International Hero. You expect me to read this? Oh, here's Glenn Greenwald. Comment. Uh, what did Glenn Greenwald say? A book on what is one of the most pivotal news events of recent memory should have been written by someone who can write a book. <laughs> Just, hey, Glenn, your, uh, your alias WD Rupee is a little obvious. Tense shift, randomly arranged, and sometimes meaningless observations, and an apparently general careless attitude on the part of the author all combined to turn what should be an engrossing account into a tedious chore of dubious reward for the reader. This book practically screams hurried into print. <laughs> Glenn, you really... Wait, here's, I got a quote from the Financial Times that interviewed Glenn about this. It's probably the it, same thing. It's, it, no, it's better. It's a bullshit book. <laughs> They're purporting to tell the inside story of Edward Snowden, but it's written by someone who has never met or even spoken to Edward Snowden. Luke came here and talked to me for about a half a day without my realizing he was trying to get me to write his book for him. I cut the interview off when I realized what he was up to. Anyway. Uh, listen to the last line on, uh, on this one. This could have been a great story. Heck, it is a great story. I recommend you read it from someone else. That's what I plan to do. It's very, it's so funny. You know, Greenwald is, it has a history of doing that, of po- posting comments on the pseudonyms. We, we talked about that, haven't we? Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. There's a lot of people like that. Well, it, well. I actually do that, but so rarely... Uh, I could give you my, my main pseudonym, if anybody ever sees this, is me, is Mark Pugner. <laughs> a, why that name? You know, I, I first the first time I got the Mark Pugner uh, name um, into the public domain was in the 70s, actually, when I wrote a letter to Playboy magazine. Oh, and I had this, I can't remember what, the, what it was about. It's like a two-paragraph thing bitching about something. Oh. And I signed it Mark Pugner, Berkeley, California. And the name just kind of came to me. It was no actual r- rationale. But I've kept using Mark Pugner over the years. Hmm. You won't find You can try Googling Mark Pugner. You're not going to find anything. It just shows up in comments. And once in a while, there'll be a Mark Pugner. Uh, I'll it's look- usually something to benefit me. You know, I usually... You know, you should read Dvorak instead. (laughs) Well, yeah. Mark Pugner. There's no other reason to do that than to benefit yourself. Yeah, that's the reason you do it. Don't do that stuff out of spite. Well, I've done maybe. Usually I use my own name for that. (laughs) But, you know, Mark Pugner's a good one. I also have a female that I use occasionally, but I'm I'm still developing her as a character. Okay. Well, that is the first step in the process, John. And whenever you're ready to talk about it, then you can just let us know. We'll be happy to help you out. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. We have a lot of people to thank uh, because we had a lot of $60 donations, which we emphasized. 
And as I'm reading them, Adam will be looking for the most poignant comments, and then we'll he'll stop me, and then we'll read the comment from the $60 donors, because we promised we would if they're interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what you said. You sent me the email asking about that. And, uh, right. No, no, that's not how it went, but okay, I'll just do it. That's great. It's, yeah, a, good, it's a good idea. That's what I'm good at. It's what I do. You're good. You're actually quite good at this. San, do it. Meanwhile, let's start with Santosh. Oh, stop. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not this one yet. No, not yet. Narayanan <laughs> in Chennai, Tennessee. I think it's Narayanan. Uh, $160. Oh, actually, it says India. Okay, well, this is our Indian guy. Our one, well, we have plenty of listeners in India, but this is our one. No, I think this is, I think the second one. No. He's a different guy? Hmm? I don't know. Uh, whatever. Folks, congratulations on completing 600 episodes. However, crossing this milestone does not mean you can rest on your laurel, laurels and go to sleep. <laughs> okay. You didn't intend to. On the contrary, dear AC and JD, this simply means that you need to strive towards higher goals. Their show 666-669-696-730-737. Don't forget 777. 777. You missed that one. Yeah. And nine 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 show a thousand. What is seven three zero? You think seventy uh, threes maybe uh, seven thirty? I don't know. I don't know. I don't mm. know. But I, a six six. We need to keep it going. Or triple six will be the next big one. Pass an executive order, and we can celebrate show one thousand next week. Right. Groovy. Anarchy has its benefits. So keep informing, educating, uh, and blackmailing us with cute photos of kittens and puppies. A good one, by the way. I love the little puppy in the newsletter. You like that puppy? I love that puppy. He looked tasty. I'll tell you, I think it's the captions that make these dogs cute. <laughs> it was cute. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I, I wrote it down, actually, because I thought it was funny. Uh, do you remember what the caption was? Yeah, I'm running to donate. Follow me. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Eric Fredericks, $145.99 out of Denver, Colorado. So uh, so Abel last week was ahead of the curve, well behind it. Here's one for 599 Send another one along for show 600 maybe in a week or two. Okay. Right. Thanks for your courage. It's not so much uh, to ask, can I get a Putin? Putin! Robert Dimoff in London, UK, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, and he's, he's got he's a, a little confused. He says, please make it rain for dancers, Louise and Caroline. But that's, you have to do it. It's only, it's actually less. You, you put in too much. You get penalized. Yeah. It's one eleven eleven. I don't know. What you know? What is probably pounds that got translated? Oh, okay. It's one hundred eleven pounds. That would no, be that would be three thousand dollars. No, it couldn't be translated because no, he's not going to hit one, two, three, four, no. five by accident. I'm sorry. Uh, well, we'll we'll take it into consideration, but the club is still under construction. Well, the club's anyway. still under repairs. Yeah. You know, I didn't think it was going to take this long, but the guy comes in, and now we found dry rot. <laughs> no. No, I'm telling you, I think it's from the you know when they put that. I think there's a leak somewhere, and it's. Eh, this is a long story, but the dry rot's got to be removed, and now we have to have a listen to this. The dry rot's got to go. We have to have a reinspection, and then we have to have a termite inspection. Because, no, yeah, when you get apparently in this zoning, when you get dry rot, the likelihood of getting termites right after is pretty high. So they they make they require a termite inspection, and you know what? You have to wait weeks to get the termite guy out. You know what it's going to be next? Then he wants to sell you orange oil. Orange oil. Well, have we? Do we have to have a radon test as well? I mean, that's what I'm expecting. No, this like, is in Florida. There's no radon in Florida. They don't have radon. Christopher Wallace, 111 dollars and Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to Ben Pink in Orland Park, Illinois, and he's got a make it rain. Oh, wait a minute. No, this is different. Hey, 
Hold he's on. making a rain call angel to the stage. She's shy and knows what she's doing. Hold on a second, John. I, I, need, to, I need to stop you here. Mark Pugner from Berkeley, United States, 10 months ago, commented on Sharon Stone shows off her lean legs as she rushes through the crowds at a Los Angeles airport. Mark Pugner says, Bullcrap that she has never had any work done. Says who? <laughs> 10 months ago. Yeah, that's about my rate. Another ten months, I'll bitch about something else. Uh, you, uh, I, I don't. I'm a little flabbergasted. I'm just flabbergasted you found that, and I'm flabbergasted that was such a shallow comment. <clears throat> Usually, I put the plug for the No Agenda show in. Thank that's you, what J- I do thank mostly. you, James Varga. It, is it linked to the No Agenda show? No. No. Christopher Wallace, hundred eleven dollars and eleven says. By the way, that was uh, Angel. She's shy, knows what she's doing. My commute would be unbearable without you guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Christopher Wallace, $111.11, says in the Bronx. He's going to be night today. And he's a night. <clears throat> Sir Leonard Smalls. I knew as a... Like me, Sir Leonard Smalls. I was going to become night after I, arrest, I was arrested for walking between subway cars in New York. <laughs> I didn't know you got arrested for that. Uh, I don't know. On, on the tracks or just between... No, no. You're in a car and you want to go to the next car because your car is crowded or there's a guy playing really? the saxophone. Oh, wow. All right. Transit District Precinct 33. No, That's the way that, he gave his money. explain it. Yeah. All right, cool. Make it rain on douchebag, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, we got... That's uh, for the club. We got it for the club. We're all good. We're all good. Danielle, she'll be up, coming up. Okay. James, well, I'm just going through them now. James yeah. Wells, $100 from Flagstaff, Arizona. Jeffrey Maxwell, Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania. Uh, step up the woman hating, he says. See <laughs> Joseph. We're Bell, on it. We're on it, boss. <laughs> and design 7747. So I was bitching about Sharon Stone. I, I think it must have been some article. I don't know why I was even reading it. It uh-huh. said she never had any work. John, done. John, look. If if you're smart, you it up. if you're no, but if you're smart right now, you let it go. I, I, people have already forgotten yeah. about see it. Joseph Bell, well, you see Joseph Bell <laughs> illustration and design seven, <laughs> seven, seven four seven. He's in the. Uh, Here's what Mickey's gonna say. Oh my God, we gotta help John, man. He's sitting there all alone in that house and he's looking at Sharon Stone articles. This the is, problem is, I'm not oh alone ever. Mm-hmm. Former monthly donor in Deutschland finding himself in desperate need of some job karma. Congratulations on reaching the seven year seven during which karma, God's willing, I'll be back on the road to knighthood. All right. 69! 69! 69 today for some unknown reason. Brian Brown in Orange, California. Christopher Gray in Grand Blanc, Michigan. Byrar.com, B-U-I-R-A-R, which is the compression system. Omaha, Nebraska. Brian Lawson in Houston, Texas. Oscar Schenk. In Castricum. 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 Yeah. He has a douchebag call out. Which, uh, Netherlands. Holland. Uh, P. Bo. Hold, hold on. He, he, hold on. He has a, Oscar has a douchebag call out. Oh, so that's, he does. That's why it's red. Ah. In the morning, my podcast friends, I turned 33 in the magic number 1803. want to call Mark Plottenkamp and Dampy. Douchebags, Douche since they never, never pay for the show, uh, and I'm sure I am more broke than they are. Hey, by the way, I, I'm I I am sorry you did that. My email is now streaming full with people 
finding Mark Pugner comments. Good. <laughs> and he has a LinkedIn, too. Oh, oh, oh. I don't have a LinkedIn. Someone does. All right. Really? Huh? On, onward. P, I've been busted. I can't uh, use Mark Pugner anymore. No. P. Bo in Maastricht. A twisted lemon in Elmir. Elmir. All three went to boom, 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 all from the, uh, Holland. No, no, yeah, Elmir. 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 There you go. Kyle M. Bandy, Indianapolis. 69! 69, dudes! Oh, hang on. Our $60 donors. The Dame Andrea and Sir Kelly Garnier. Andrea. In Rocky Mountain House, Alberta. Um... Martin Volprecht in Berlin, Deutschland. And here's, uh, oh, these are all $60 donors and with, with various amounts at the end to vote. Daniel Tonello, $60.05 telling us we want to go dark. Charleston, South Carolina. Michael Voss, $60.04, Evergreen, Colorado. Jason Becker, $60.02. And right, he's right down the street from you. He's in Austin, Texas. Ba, Rob Miller in Seattle, Washington. 6002. Stuart Fawcett, 6002. Liverpool, Merseyside. Sir Peter McConnell, 6002. Stockholm. Ryan Wolf, 6001. In Covington, Virginia. Nicholas Samaras, 6001. In Charlottesville, Virginia. And now just $60. The following people Chris Terhart, and you'll be looking for funny comments. In Abbotsford, BC. Blacklisted News, Round Rock, Texas. Bob Rathmel in Santa Isabel, California. Little shout out to Blackness Listed News. They're uh, they're kind of like a little companion news site to the No Agenda Show. They're good guys. Brandon Fenton, Colorado Springs. Sir Roy Strathan in Gosnells, Western Australia. Naveen Comera in Houston, Texas. Sir Scott in Herndon, Virginia. He's protector of the bikes and dikes. Oh. Bikes and dikes. Bikes on dikes or bikes and bikes, dikes? Bikes and dikes. Hmm. Sir Glenn Riccio in Charlottesville, Virginia. School of Podcasting. Hey, Dave Jackson. Nice. Rocky Thank you, River, man. Thank Ohio. You. David you. Good, Flower Mound, Texas. I've been there. Armando Guerrero. Ah, the mail carrier from Texas. Guerra. Is it Guerra? Guerra. Guerra. Congratulations on show 600. Wish I could make this donation 10 times as much, but right now my fiance has too many remodeling and landscaping projects going on. Keep up the amazing work. I have to say I love long show durations. They make my hilly, and it doesn't continue for me. Sir Joe Wagner in Emeryville, California. Eric Allen, Woodlands Hills. Uh, Robert mm, Sirsema in Sirsema. Sersamon Portage, Indiana. Sir Jim in Ringo, Louisiana. William LaRock. William LaRock. 73, L, small a in Locust, North Carolina. Christopher Walker in Hortonville, Wisconsin. Oh, he has. Uh, he wants to learn how to make cheese. No, that's he, he actually makes cheese, and he wants to offer us some cheese. He wanted to, okay. He's, he's uh, cheese. I'm, 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 I'm talking with him offline. Okay. Uh, Patrick uh, Adelson in Walking, Wo- Surrey. Woking. Woking. Oh, is it, oh, is it Woking? Okay. Yeah, I used to live right near Woking. Yeah. Shane Pedden in Cartersville, Georgia. Sloan Kelly. 
in Niagara Falls. Slowly I turned Ontario, Canada. Thank you, Sloan. Wayne Larcom, Sunnybank Hills, Queensland, Australia. Dimitri Sidorchuk in Bellevue, Washington. You want some job karma, job karma, karma for everybody coming up in a bit. Marcel Van Eden in Enkenbach, Elsenborn, Deutschland. Good. Tim Schalberger in Bend, Oregon. Vincent Werthuisen in Groningen. <laughs> Vince, Vincent Feldhuisen in Groningen. Yes, exactly what I said. <laughs> Christopher Dechter in Richland, Washington. Oh, you guys should meet up. Uh, Prescott Johnson, East Mountain, Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. He's in for East Mountain, Nova Scotia. Darren Turbeville, Turbeville in Healdsburg, California, wine country. Robert Mueller, Mueller in Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, Atomic Insights in Forest, Virginia. Ah, that would Atomic be Rod. Sir Rod Adams. I would think. Timothy Tillman in Mechanicsville, Virginia, if you know what I mean. <laughs> C.J. Cavell in Chicago. Eric Wilka in Russiaville, Indiana. Huh, I wonder if there's any Russians there. Robin Morley in Nottingham, UK. Ignacio Garcia Perez in Madrid. Hey, Garcia. He's, any notes? No, just keep up the great work. We need some reports from him. Sir John Martinez of Garlic Belch. Oh, it's Gilroy. Uh, Chattic Mass. Chaotic Mass. Chaotic Mass, duh. Arlington, Texas. David Eckersley in Yelling Up. Yelling Up. In Australia. Sean Weber Butler in Beer, UK. There's a place called Beer. <laughs> Thalina Fernando in Dover, New Hampshire. Keith Shoemaker in Jacksonville, Florida. A lot of people. We want to thank them all. This is great. Andrew Nagel in Bismarck, North Dakota. James Murray in Huntington Beach, California. Richard Leiter in Lincoln, Nebraska. And that takes care of our $60 donors congratulating us all for the great work we've done on 600 shows. Hey, thank you all very much. This is a nice birthday gift. Really appreciate it. It's nice to, and it's a nice way to do it, I think, too. Yeah, I think it works. Because, you know, 600 is crazy. A few lesser amounts to thank which is Sir Mr. Texas of Phoenix, double nickels on the dime. Thanks for the picture of your just a handful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wojcik Moto, yeah, good pictures. Woj, 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 Wojcik Motorsports in Beach Grove, Indiana, double nickels on the dime. In the morning, Jens recently stumbled onto your show after listening to Twit, wanted to start donating immediately after I realized you, paid strictly, you were paid strictly on donations, so here's my first installment. I want to call out all the other listeners who don't donate as your time is worth something, and I find that the humor and entertainment value alone is priceless. Keep up the good work. It's white white check, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the whole point. Uh, humor repairs the glitches in the Matrix. That's what we're all about. Brian Lanning in Grand Blanc, Michigan, $55. Luke Rayner in London, UK, fifty-four thirty-two. The amount Luke- curiously equates to thirty-three sixty-nine in pounds. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. He says somewhere in Illuminati is getting laid. I'll give you Carmen a moment for your cycle event. That's funny. Lucas Zua, parts unknown. Josh McDonald, and that's 5394. Josh McDonald, 
and these the rest of these are fifty dollars, just a few of them. Josh McDonald, Brunswick, Victoria, Chad Inman in LA, Los Angeles, California, Chris Lewinsky, our regular in Sherwood Park, Alberta, where all the money is. John Height in Folsom, California. Mark O'Reilly in Germantown, Maryland, and finally our buddy Philip Mison, Sir Philip to you, in Welsh Pool Pows. And uh, John Height wanted a LGY for his four-year-old unvaccinated daughter. Yay! <laughs> and it's pronounced kite for some reason. No, it's just pronounced like that's why I said height. Height, yeah. kite. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how else you'd pronounce it. You've made a, a grave error. I did? Yeah. You should. Here's a tip, everybody. If you use a pseudonym online... Oh, you're getting every crappy little mention I ever wrote? Well, I like this one that you did. This has been discussed in great detail already on the No Agenda show. Look <laughs> us up using Google. Now, where do you <laughs> that's think... My main, that's my main one. And that was on uh, The Intercept. Good work. Yeah. Mark Pugner. Everyone should be doing this, by the way. I like that, that you do that. That is leading by example. And How people should this? be doing this all the time. I give Mark Pugner to the public to use freely. Great idea. From now on, public Mark, domain, public Mark domain, Pugner Mark is now Pugner, public domain. Is, exactly. Just use Mark Pugner until Mark Pugner becomes a meme. The crazy Mark Pugner. There is no Mark Pugner. That's the point. It'll be everybody. So and always that, read that one, that last one again, because that's the model. But but why is Mark Pugner commenting on the Sex in the City movie? I mean, this really Mark Pugner guy is really. <laughs> I think that was the week that you were had to go see this stupid movie. And Mark uh, Pugner hates Frank Sinatra. Oh no! <laughs> anyway, play the, read the last one again. <laughs> what? Which last one? The one that plugs the show. Oh, oh hold on. That's the model this, for everyone. Yeah, here it is, and and I will do the tone of voice. This has been discussed in great detail already on the No Agenda Show. Look it up using Google. <laughs> you can, of course, do the alternative. Look it up using Bing. In fact, I think that should Did be I our put code. That in there? No, that's what I'm saying. That should oh. be our code. Bing it. <laughs> Bing it, bitch. <laughs> I am so proud of you. You you actually do. I that's one of the you know, we're not actually friends or anything, but I do love you for stuff like that. Public that, domain, my friend. You can use it too. Mark Pugner. If it's in LinkedIn, somebody else has already stolen it. Yeah, I didn't look at the link, so. I'm sure there's other Mark Pugners in the world and No, it's not a name that exists. Of course it is. No. Well, let's take a look at this then. Hold on a second. Who is this Mark Pugner on LinkedIn? Um, okay. It's not. Why is it not actually loading? Oh. All right. This, I, I don't know. This is not a link that's useful. Thanks, Stack. It's not. The link is no good. Maybe. May, do you see a Mark Pugner on LinkedIn? Yeah, I see the list. I don't see any. I'm, I'm going there now. Hmm. Um, so while you're going there Mark now... Mark Buckner is an operating engineer at the Danbury Hospital in Connecticut. I'm sure that's a real guy. And that's sad because he's about to be... <laughs> he's going to be outed as a Frank Sinatra hater. Yeah. And and Sex in the City hater. But that's the model. And I think... I think the connections. The, yeah. the, so the payoff is either look it up on Google or bing it, bitch. 
Yeah. I think that either one is uh, will suffice. Yeah, I, you know, I recommend using that name or any other pseudonym for a lot of these snide comments that people like to make. <laughs> and just hit and run. It's a hit and run deal. You go in, you make the comment, you never go back. That's the only way it works. It's, it's a very old-fashioned way that they used to be uh, fought in the 14, 1500s. They're all hit and run. You hit, run. Boom, you're done. Um, and I also want to uh, send out a sincere, heartfelt thanks to everybody who um, has donated lesser amounts, monthly amounts, under $50. Of course, many of you want to remain anonymous for that reason. Uh, that's why you're, you're, you're $49.99, etc. But all of the, that's also a big deal to us. Uh, the more people who do monthly subscriptions, the better it is. And here is a heartfelt 600th anniversary karma for everyone who needs it, for everything you need, for all of your dreams. Uh, because without you, there would be no ge- no agenda show. You are the producers of the program. You've got karma. Oh yes, and then Jason Tim says hi. I sent a donation today for fifteen dollars and fifty cents. We'll do so for every show for sixty six episodes until show six six six, and that will be a knighthood. Oh, if that's you, cool. So if you do fifteen fifteen for every show for the next sixty six episodes. Which seems doable, by the way. Yeah, that's not much. That's a night. You should make that a donation level, John. Okay, I'll, I'll work on that. That's a real layaway plan. That is. Now we'll have to throw in the penny because it's nine 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 nine. It w- Hey, please make a dope ass challenge coin for the end of the world, and a T-shirt. Yes, I'm drunk. It's Friday. Okay. <laughs> I love those donations. Yeah, I'm drunk. Here's fifteen dollars. Um, anything else we have here? No, I think that's it. Um. Thank you very much for um, being with us for all this time. Dvorak.org slash N-A Of course, we still have a list for you. Sir Ray Jacobson congratulates his brother Jake, uh, who turns 45 on the 19th. Nicholas Samaras uh, says happy birthday to his smoking hot wife, Thea, 32 today. Indeed. Christopher Walker says happy birthday to his daughter, Lillian Rose Walker. She will be one uh, tomorrow. And we all say happy birthday from your friends and your family here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. And we do have uh, two nights and one daming. Uh, so this is a very good day. Let me just make sure. Did uh, Bashir have a name he wanted? Let me just double check. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? No. Uh, Bashir, Bashir, Bashir. No, I guess she wants to be... Well, that'll be pretty unique as is, so... Uh, here's my sword. Hello? Hold on. Stuck. How many... How many hundreds... I got it, I got it, I got it. (laughs) Okay. Bashir Osman, step forward. Tina Gear, step forward. And Christopher Wallace, step forward. All of you are about to be inducted into the roundtable of the No Agenda Knights and Dames, and I hereby pronounce the Sir Bashir, Dame Tina, and Sir Leonard Smalls, all knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Thank you very much for your support of the program. For you, I've got Bad Science, Perky Breast, Cuban Cigar, Single Malt Scotch, Hookers and Blow, Red Poison, Chardonnay, Opium and Warm, Orange Juice, Red Hot Blues, Rubinus, and our Mutton and Mead. And please go to noagendanation.com slash rings to receive your rightfully deserved ring. If you want to know what that looks like, I think it is on noagendanation.com. Miss Mickey tweeted her picture of the of the ring in the ceiling wax. 
um, as a celebratory note for our show today. Oh, I had a note here. What is this? Okay, I think we're all good. Uh, I think we've I think we've got it. Oh, I did a little research, John, on the because uh, it was very it was very annoying to me. And to what you, was annoying? Well, just about everything. Uh, this is hearkening uh, back to the band Bossy. Oh, we got a lot of notes on that. Yeah, I have two. Shall I read these two quick ones? Yeah, read that one. Did you get the one from? I, I've got a bunch of them too. I think you got all the same ones. But mm-hmm. this is uh, so. I have uh, I hashtag the subject so John probably won't see this. <laughs> this is the new way to make sure that you're kept off the email. But I wanted yeah. to share with you that I hit my wife in the mouth. Not literally, obviously. It started bad with you starting off the show with something about ten sex tips. By the way, I all right. This is actually a good note. She asked, "What the?" And hell? by the way, what were we talking about? Sex tips. Oh, we're talking about the tip nuke, nuclear no, warhead tip. No. What what I was doing? Okay, I'll tell you exactly what I was doing. The uh, the entire internet, all of these BuzzFeed and all these sites are all using these crazy, crappy. Here, I'll give an example. Headlines, which are meant to it's clickbait. Uh, here's an example: How to turn Thanksgiving leftovers into a Tesla. Here are six things they don't tell you in preschool. Why it's okay to say the N-word in 16 pie charts. How one African researcher is changing the way we think about bamboo bicycles. So that's why I use that, because apparently a lot of people want to click on these articles. That's what the Oh, whole... these are the fake articles that are who always go to some crazy site that is not a site you've ever heard of, but there's something stupid about uh, somebody. No, no, that's incorrect. These are well. These titles are made up, of course. This is this is. If, just go go look at uh, the Verge, uh, Buzzfeed. Uh, yeah, they got headline writers. All now. of this. No, but the, but it's also they have little little kitties, and all they're doing is they're surfing through Reddit to find news articles, and then you know, and then they get paid like minimum wage to post them. That's the internet. The internet is a disgusting it's, place. It's gone downhill. It's gone bad. Okay, so let me continue with this uh, email. Uh, she asked why. The, okay, my wife is is my daughter's is my daughter's girl scout girl scout troop leader. And when you guys got to hashtag band bossy, she got pissed. Not at you, but at the Girl Scouts, an organization she puts a lot of time and effort into, an organization that she highly respects. After the segment, she was on Facebook messaging the other Girl Scout moms, telling them how much bullshit hashtag Bambossy is, and that their troop will, instead of banning the word bossy, work to make their girls stronger leaders. If that isn't value for value, I don't know what is. Thank you very much. Name withheld, in this case, by request. Um, Then I have a brand new listener here. As of the 13th, I've heard five shows. Please excuse me for bringing it up. I heard on episode 599 that you all felt... You really, you have really down. You're really down on women lately, which must have been before I tuned in because I haven't felt that way at all. I wanted to email you to tell you a few short things. One, loved your coverage of hashtag Bam Bossy. I saw a commercial on Lifetime and almost barfed. Seriously. Two, something to consider. And I can't believe I'm about to send this to two guys who didn't know what always was. Remember all the hullabaloo about birth control, uh, well women visits, breast pumps, etc., that would be available for free under the Affordable Care Act. Well. Around February 12th, all the mainstream media ran a story about how mammograms, free under the Affordable Care Act, were totally unnecessary. I was skeptical, but hadn't been hit in the mouth yet, so I just forgot about it. This is in the wrong categorized email, but I'll finish it anyway. Yesterday, I heard another mainstream story about how pap smears, also free under Obamacare, ACA, is a totally unnecessary test. At this point, my BS meter went off again. I texted a nurse in my life 
To ask what the end game was, her reply? Kill all the people who can't pay cash. Then you don't have to feed, house, or educate them, and they can't breed. That's probably true. I just thought that was a great letter. Yeah, that's a great, it is a good email. Here's what, uh, so the, part of the band Bossy, I went looking for the quote, 66% of the women, uh, women are doing 60, 66% of the work and only get paid 10%. That was the quote that uh, Cheryl Sandberg and the whole band Bossy crew were using. Women do 66% of the work and only get 10% of the pay. Uh, this apparently was first used by Barbara Conable, president of the World Bank, in 1986. He said uh, in, a, in a World Bank IMF meeting, women are half the world's population, yet they do two-thirds of the world's work, that would be 66%, earn one-tenth of the world's income, and dot, dot, they are among the poorest of the world's poor. So that's where this apparently came from. If you go looking for this... Uh, 1986, by the way, and and things might have been differently in 1986. How many years ago was that, John? 1986. Well, it'd be 20 plus 30 years. uh, It'd be 28 years ago. 28 years ago. Things might have changed. I don't know. 28 years, a long time. Yeah. Human rights development. um, Human development. I'm sorry. Human development report. Another fine NGO. In 1995, used this statement. And they said, and they uh, they changed this a little bit by saying, in the Human Development Report 1995, nine of uh, developing countries, no, no, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm I'm I messed that one up. Here it is. (laughs) You're not helping. (laughs) Here we go. Fifty-three percent of the total. That's very hard. Women. Yeah, in developing countries, women do 53% of the work. In developed countries, that's 51% of women do the work. The hours that are worked, 66% of men do paid work and 33% unpaid. This is, this is the report that, that, that is, was trying to explain. I don't understand the numbers, how they got to this 98, 1986 number. Uh, and but it's for women. It's the other way around. Sixty-six percent of the hours women work are unpaid. Thirty-three percent are paid. So the sixty-six is used a lot in these reports, but nowhere can you find any data. Well, apparently, the, the the that work, which I think is always irksome to a certain segment of the population. A lot of that work apparently is counted as child rearing. Is probably counted as work because it's unpaid. Is probably housekeeping is unpaid. Uh, paying bills, unpaid. I mean, all these kinds of homemaking uh, things is unpaid, and so now it's criticized for being unpaid. Are they? How do you pay? It's like a partnership with a man and a woman when they're married, and one will do this sort of thing unpaid. Guys will also do stuff unpaid, like wash the cars unpaid. Yeah. When I wash the cars, I'm paid. When out, I take out the garbage, take out the take garbage. garbage. I've not been paid for that. The, so this is bullcrap. This is just a bunch of taking normal social activities and turning it into work as the as you would with a slave culture. Because <laughs> everything slave has to population. be counted as work. Yeah. Everything is work. You get up, yeah. I put my socks on. That's unpaid work. Yeah. Like if I was a if I was a nobleman, I would have a, a slave would put the socks on for me. 
This is horrible. This is the kind of thing that this is a Sheryl Sandberg. I'm, I'm disliking this woman I as think, time goes by. I think Mark Pugner should call her out. Mark Pugner needs to bitch nice and write a letter to the Times. Mark Pugner wants to know where the data is, the underlying data that proves that women do 66% of the work and only get 10% of the pay. By the way, in my own informal, informal testing, I would say that women do not do 66% of the work in bed. There you have it. That's unpaid. Unpaid. Well, not always. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> really? How, you've been married, what, twice, three times? How many times have you been married, my friend? <laughs> I've only been married twice. Oh, okay. Ha, 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 And then as a special... Um, 600 show i had a little thing and uh, although i'm a little afraid to do stuff now because you say and then he wraps it up and put and turns it into flowers it's like magic i'm a little afraid to do anything now you've you've, you've whoa gun shy all of a i'm sudden. a little gun shy now we often get comments about our stance on man-made global warming oh yeah and uh, wait hold on if you're gonna go in that direction i got some clips oh good that'll be a good setup first of all i'm listening to uh First, there's a filibuster. Here, play this. Start with, let's start with this. Climate change on democracy now with the filibuster. Okie dokie. Uh, I want to ask you about the all-night filibuster staged by more than two dozen Senate Democrats Monday in order to urge congressional action on global warming. This is Senator Edward Markey of Massachusetts. The planet is running a fever, but there are no emergency rooms for planets. We have to engage in the preventative care so that we deploy the strategies that make it possible for our planet to avoid the worst, most catastrophic effects of climate change. <laughs> the worst, most catastrophic, horrific, just buy it. Republicans dismissed the marathon session and called Democrats, quote, alarmists. This came as the U.S. Department of Defense released a new report Monday about the threat climate change impacts posed to national security. Our guest is longtime consumer advocate Ralph Nader. Ralph, could you respond to this? Well, this is a welcome development. Uh, they went all night, uh, led by Harry Reid and uh, Senator Ed, Ed Markey in the U.S. Senate. Yes, uh, welcome development. Yeah, yeah, welcome development. So, meanwhile, just play the first part of this clip. I want to play the rest of it some other. Actually, let's play the let's play this whole clip. This is Hansen, the father of uh, modern global warming, uh, testifying before Congress about how bad the uh, Keystone Pipeline is. I'm finally starting to get a grip, a handle on what the problem is with it. The problem is they they believe at least because there's other other hearings and other things where they were going on and on about the Keystone Pipeline, which has always been in the news. But the point I'm making here is that one thing or another about global warming and climate change is constantly in the news. If you know, you've heard a few times about it, haven't you? Yeah. Well, uh, well, here's what bothers, here's why what my point is, and then you can go off in your thing. My point is that when you listen to that, we're just going to skip the Hanson thing for now, oh. but he's bitching about global warming. And so I'm going from news story to news story. There's a new movie coming out with Ben Affleck and all these guys. Have you seen this? It's going to be some series. No, no, no. What is that? I'm not, I'm... Oh, I, I didn't get a clip, but I'll get one for the next show. It's a huge movie on climate change and how bad it is. No. So, oh, it, it, what, isn't this just uh, Inconvenient Truth 2? Isn't that what it is? It's something. It's, it doesn't have that title, but it might as well be. 
So meanwhile, so here I go. I'm listening to Abby Martin, who's uh, concerned and bitches and moans about climate change constantly. And she's got Chris Hedges. And he has the nerve to make this commentary. I'm sorry. For some reason, it's not. Go, here we go. On the horizon, why do you think there's no sense of urgency on a large scale to address these troubling trends? Well, because they're not reported. Uh, the commercial media is what? about... They're not reported? <laughs> bread and circus. It's about spectacle. It's about celebrity gossip. It's about the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, every week it's something new. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, if we had a responsible media, especially a broadcast media, we would understand that climate change at this point is uh, an emergency. Uh, that, uh, you know, at this point, the effects of climate change are unstoppable. Um, uh, and if we don't uh, radically reconfigure our relationship with the ecosystem very, very quickly, uh, the human species itself is in jeopardy. What is the name of uh, of the actor you just mentioned who would be in this new movie? I think Affleck, either Affleck, Affleck or his buddy, the other guy. Damon? Damon. Affleck, Damon. Let me just, I, I want to know what this is. Oh. And uh, Schwarzenegger's in it. Is this a Showtime movie? Is it? It might be. Let me see. Jessica Alba, does that make sense? She's yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see, Matt Damon, Jessica Alba. Heat up trailer for Showtime's climate change series. Ah, years of living dangerously. Oh, let's see. What is this? James Cameron harnesses yeah. star power in eco-conscious docu-series. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Let's. Uh, there's a video here. Hold here on. Go. Yeah. Let's. Uh, which we can watch the trailer. Let's uh, fire this up. Of course, uh, this is where. Oh, this video is private. Oh, mofo. All right. All right. Somebody posted it wrong. Yeah, uh, well, I'll look for that later. Okay, we'll do it for Thursday. But okay, so that, that we're just inundated with this crap, and this guy has the nerve. Yeah, Chris Hedges has the nerve to say, "Well, nobody's covering it. That's why." And then, of course, he also says it's unstoppable, which means it's what is he a nihilist? That means that what point? What difference does it make if nobody's if it's not stoppable? It's not stoppable. So let's go on to something else. <laughs> Just live with it. I love it when you get angry. Somehow this not it's, angry. It's just like no, annoying. It's, it's very annoying. I wish that they had the trailer for that thing. Why does? Why can't we find the trailer for that? What, what did I call it? Living years, years of living danger. Before you go to while well, you're digging that up, you might as well play this clip uh, with Hanson talking to Congress about the Keystone Pipeline. It goes back to Democracy Now, where there's an interview with a guy uh -huh. from the from the Grand Canyon Foundation or something. And there's a little tidbit in here that will just blow your mind. United States to uh, approve this. If we don't approve it, a lot of that tar sands will never be developed. Yeah. It's we the world is going to realize pretty soon that we've got to limit the amount of carbon we put in the atmosphere. And it's going to have to do that via a price on carbon. And that's going to cause mm. the most carbon-intensive things to get left in the ground. And that includes tar sands. 
While the fight over Keystone and the Alberta tar sands has galvanized the environmental movement, far less attention has been paid to a related story here in the West. The state of Utah has begun making preparations to extract tar sands and oil shale from vast swaths of public and private land. According to one U.S. government report, the region could hold up to three trillion barrels of oil. That's more recoverable <laughs> oil than has been used so far in human history. Critics say Utah is sitting on a tar sands. Hey, hold on bomb. a second. Hey, we're moving to Utah. Whatever happened to peak oil? <laughs> There's more oil than ever, ever been used in all of human history. And the Mormons are sitting right on top of it. Yeah, those lucky Mormons. Hey. Hey, Mormons, we need more donations. Wow. Is that a stunner? Well, it's more than that. You know what it is? Yes. <laughs> you, <laughs> I hate it when you know it. There you go. Clip of the day. Well deserved. Well played, sir. Well played. Well played. Three. T- oh, this is great. Okay, everybody. Everybody. Uh. Although peak oil, they don't do that much anymore. They peak oil. It's not really a, a no, thing. No, peak oil is done. Yeah. Now, this is definitely the nail in the coffin. <laughs> uh, I have the trailer here. Years of living dangerously. I have not uh, pre-screened this, uh, so anything oh. could happen. This is the Before official. Before you go there, I would just want to make a little follow-up on that last clip. Uh-huh. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's got this guy on there, and she is grilling him exactly like a financial reporter in, interested in an investment would grill somebody. Oh, because she, yeah, she wants to what get in What companies would benefit the most? How can I right get in on this bonanza? It's hilarious. Should I become a Mormon? Should I be an LDSer? I gotta get in. How do I get in on this stuff? That's, yeah. That is pretty funny. Here we go. Let's see if uh, a new Showtime series. 99 scientists out of 100 say <laughs> Hold on. 99 out of 100 we just they just gained two percent overnight. Yeah, it's to be ninety seven. Yeah, huh? what happened oh. there? Oh well, I wasn't looking. Ninety nine scientists out of a hundred say climate change is real and it's only going to get worse. So if you were sick and you got a hundred doctors and oh. one of them said you had to have an operation, would you get another opinion? Uh, I'd go to yes, I'd go to that other guy and say, "Fix me. These guys are no good." <laughs> That's James Cameron talking. You are James Cameron, really? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Our I think. world is changing faster and more dramatically than ever before. Not true. Global warming ended in 1998. I'll show you the data for it. There's so many political agendas. There's been so many exaggerations that it's brought a lot of confusion. I do know. Rising sea levels. There is no more fire season. We have wildfires all year round. What do you think? Schwarzenegger in a firefighter outfit walking through the woods with forest firefighters. The gall of that guy. Republicans uh, have gotten in this spot of Republicans. the scientists. Yeah. Coming out of pipes all over the country. That's a big deal. At what point does this become the firework? Fire commencing. <laughs> Everybody thinks that this is about melting glaciers and polar bears. I think it's a big mistake. This is 100% of people's story. Oh, it's dramatized. Cool. So I've teamed up with the legendary Jerry Weintraub. Legendary. Hurricanes are twice as bad as they ever were. Ice is melting where it's not supposed to melt. This is a lake? Yes. 
The world is changing, and it's all because of global warming, I think. Jerry and I are putting together the ultimate cat. You'll see these stars like you've never seen them before. <laughs> they're going to be the correspondents. <laughs> you see, they're all looking at each other. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. And they're bent in the, in the helicopter looking out over ice. Oh, the polar bear. Oh. Meeting the people. Jessica Alba is hot, though. Affected by this. These are the stories of people whose lives have been transformed by climate change. We used to have seasons back then. Right. Now we don't. Could Yemen run out of water? Yes, possible. This was the first city to run out of water. Water just took everything away. Climate disruption is not a political issue. It's a moral issue. I don't know what else to do. It doesn't matter. It's happening. This is the biggest story of our time. And I'm going to tell it. This is the time to tell it. Yep. Years of living dangerously. Could have prepared us for what we saw. Douche Knuckles on Parade. So so 2014 will be another year in the string of years beginning in around 20 or 2003 or 4, where it was the last year we could do anything and have an impact. All right, I'm very glad you did that, John, and thank you for reminding. This starts in April. This uh, the Showtime series. The, you could probably just hear by this the great and these are good movie people who are doing this. But yeah, there's no slouches. This, this, this is top notch, top of the bill, and all of the and all these all these people are getting paid. And I wanted to do something about uh, man made global a uh, man made climate change because uh, of course climate changes all the time. I wanted to do it uh, based upon the Federal Climate Change Expenditures Report to Congress, which, funny enough, didn't get much play in the press. Uh, this is uh, by um, uh, by law. This has to be reported to Congress, um, and it ju- it just uh, came kind of dribbled up to the surface. And you know, not a lot of people talk about it because you know we it's better to be speculating about the pilot of the Malaysian Airlines uh, plane. And I just want to give you the numbers of what, uh, if you're in America, and I'm sure if you're anywhere else in the world, your government has similar reporting of what was actually spent on, um, well, I'll give you the, I'm not going to paraphrase, fiscal year 2014 report to Congress on federal climate change expenditures. Uh, John, you're a, uh, you've been a CPA for many years. Uh, expenditures means uh, what you're paying out, right? What, what you're spending. spending. What you're spending. The following is an accounting of federal funding for climate change programs and activities. Oh, activities. Both domestic and international. Included in the fiscal year 2014 president's budget. This report is provided in response to Title IV, Division E, Section 425 of the Consolidated Appropriations Act, which calls for you know reporting of this shit. Um... Background, and then I'll give you a little bit of the preamble. They have different um, um, categories of spending, much like your household budget. Uh, Through the U.S. Global Change Research Program, USGCRP, the U.S. scientists are conducting world-class research, world-class research, on climate and global change. Interesting, climate and global change. Uh, The USGCRP coordinates scientific research across 13 federal departments and agencies with the mission of building a knowledge base... I said, I guess that's a... And I, I, I have to stop you now. Why? It seems to me that with 99 out of 100 agreeing and the science is in, we shouldn't be spending a nickel on this. The science is in. Why are we spending more money on what's already been proven? I'm asking you. 
Why are we spending money on something that's already been proven and 99% of all scientists agree on? Uh, because uh, it's a gravy train? Oh. <laughs> Here, the, and, and I have a, a whole bunch of different stuff to get to, but I, this report is very interesting because no one will read this. No one will tell you about it. You will not see these numbers on the news. Here's the report. So here are the categories. Climate change science... This is the category that encompasses the U.S. Global Change Research Program. Clean energy technology, this, uh, this uh, expenditure category, is clean energy technology incorporates a variety of technolo- technology research, development, and deployment activities, including voluntary partnership and grant programs. It's funny, it's not free, but it's voluntary. International assistance, another category, this category describes elements of a whole-of-government approach to mobilize a wide range of resources and make use of bilateral and multilateral assistant tools. Wow. This is, that's Web 3.0 right there, baby. Uh, we're using a whole-of-government approach to mobilize a wide range of resources to make use of bilateral and multilateral assistance tools. Wow, that is a gem. <laughs> Isn't that good? The gall of someone to put that into a report. Then we have energy tax provisions. This category includes... You know, the, the bullshit never stops. No, it doesn't. And it's never going to. It's going to get better and better. Energy tax provision. This category includes tax incentives for investments in certain energy technologies and energy payments that can be used in lieu of certain tax credits. Uh, I think what this means is if you um, uh, invent a windmill and it doesn't work and it, it doesn't, there's no, uh, it costs more uh, than it uh, than it produces. The government gives you money for that. Something does that sound about right? Uh, yeah, I bet you that's exactly what it is. And then finally, climate change adaptation, preparedness, and resilience. The prepper category. There are numerous efforts across the federal government for preparing and building resilience to the impacts of climate change on various critical sectors, institutions, and agency mission responsibilities. This concept is also known as adaptation. Yeah, it's what human beings do. We've had to adapt throughout our the centuries, millennia. All right, let me give you the numbers real quick. Um, so we've been to the, the categories, and I want you to guess the number. Guess the number. And this is, we're looking at the, uh, uh, I can get, well, I have the 2012, but I'm just going to give you the, the, the budget, or what we spent in 2013. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you guess the number. Yeah. How yeah. much did we spend on U.S. Global Change Research Program? That's the USGCRP. Uh, that's probably a pretty big number. I'd say $40 million. $40 million. No. $2.4 billion. What? Then we have clean energy technologies. Now, this is the, um, this is for research into, uh, solar energy and windmills and oceans and algae. Yeah, research money. How, yeah, grants and that kind of thing. Yeah, how, how much do you think? Uh, that's probably going to be quite a bit because we are, we throw away a lot of R&D and we did uh, give Solyndra something like 500 million, so I'm going to say a billion. 5.7 billion. Okay. International assistance. Now, this is what we just, of our tax money, our money, we're just given to foreigners. 
Okay, well, that would be low. That would yeah. probably be about, uh, I'd say, half a, uh, half a million, 500 million. Uh, still, it's still almost $800 million. Okay, I'm close. I'm just going to move through. Natural resources adaptation. Uh, that shouldn't I'm, be anything. Yeah, it's $95 million. I have no idea okay. what that is. Now, here's an interesting one. That's just a one. throwaway. And, Let's just throw away $100 million. Yeah, to buddy, my buddies. Energy tax provisions that may... Reduce greenhouse gases. Again, I'm going to I'm going to reread this. Energy tax provisions, i.e., tax breaks or actual payments. Oh no, I'm sorry, payments is the second category. These are actual tax breaks to companies and people, like a nonprofit thing. So tax not have to be paid for provisions that may, not that do, that may reduce greenhouse gases. How much, John? Oh, uh, $100 million? $5 billion. <coughs> That's just throwing money away. That's money we're not collecting uh, for taxes, yes. And then finally, energy payments. <coughs> energy payments, so actual money paid. How much do you think that is? Okay, I'm going up big. This one's right. $5 billion. $8 billion. Jeez, I can't even get... Wow. The grand total... Spent, this is not what's coming in 2014, spent in 2013 $22 billion on research and bull yeah, that's crap. the number's going up. Of course the number's going up. It's all bull crap. We're on the wrong side of this argument. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to do it right. If you know how to do it, then you get the money. Now, what I want to do, and this is the last I have for show 600... Um, I told Miss Mickey about it. She liked the idea. Um, and I'm really only helping a great guy who has already done the work, John Coleman. And we've discussed John Coleman before. Uh, John Coleman uh, is the founder of the Weather Channel. Very early on, he said this, and this back when it was global warming. He said, I've been a meteorologist all my life. This global warming business is crap. It's not true. It's not happening. Yeah, he did a three-part video on YouTube that I, I, I have not seen for years. I think they took it down. Um, so he has republished uh, this um, a brand new, but it's about 45 minutes uh, on YouTube. Or that's where I found it. It's the history of where global warming came from. And for you, I have cut this down to a couple of clips, which I will narrate myself. It's fun to watch him do it, but most people, TLDR. They just don't have the time for this, and it's just not going to happen. Uh, so I um, just, where is my, uh, I have a little rundown for you. Uh, we're going to start, and I just want you to hear his credentials. It's a very cute video that he made. Here is John Coleman introducing himself. Hello, I'm John Coleman, and the name of this presentation is There Is No Significant Global Warming. And I'm the guy that is just doggone sure of that. Now, you may think that I'm just a paid-off shill, big oil, or something of that sort. No, 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 no. They've never given me a nickel. I'm a television weathercaster with 60 years' experience, a meteorologist... Uh, I was the first weatherman on Good Morning America. I'm the man who founded the Weather Channel. And this is my accomplishment. Broadcast Meteorologist of the Year from the American Meteorological Society, of which I was a professional member for many years. I finally quit the AMS when it became very clear to me that the politics had gotten in the way of the science and it was time to talk about something else. Now, did we have a winter or what? 
in 2013, 14. Oh, man, did we ever. When I called for my brother in Ohio, his wife said he wasn't coming in from shoveling the snow to talk to some guy in California. Oh, man, how could you tout global warming when it was the coldest, snowiest, bitterest winter in 30 years, which it was across the United States? And it would take a lot of gall to put out a statement as our NOAA, the National Oceanographic and and atmospheric agency did claiming that it was the warm 2013 was uh, the warmest year. I mean, sheer silliness. It is manipulation of the data. I have studied the issues carefully and completely as a good scientist can and reached an absolute firm conclusion that there is no global warming. All right. So that's a little bit of his background. And he's for real, this guy. A no nut. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he takes us back to 1957, actually the, the mid-50s, Roger Revelle, who was at the Scripps Institute, that's in um, California. And uh, and he really built this thing up into because he was studying the oceans. And he, he really built this thing up into an, an interesting little research facility, and he wanted to have the University of California, San Diego, uh, chancellorship, and he really wanted to you know, put all this together, and uh, somehow they, he, that didn't happen. But he did this paper on CO2 in 57, and the paper determined that carbon dioxide was a greenhouse gas. And when he, when he, um, when he didn't get the chancellorship, he uh, went to, uh, he was pissed off and he went to uh, uh, Massachusetts and went to Harvard. Uh, and this is really where the story of how global warming, this scam, these $22 billion that's being spent today of American tax dollars, uh, how that came to be. And uh, the first thing we do with John Coleman here is he's going to uh, talk about the data as he sees it. He's probably that one lone meteorologist, and he is a meteorologist. And he's going to tell you very clearly about the the real temperature as he sees it. And he's actually uh, tweeted this to uh, all of the usual suspects. That's why I sent out this tweet today. This tweet went out to Al Gore. It went out to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change of the United Nations, to the Sierra Club, to the Democratic Party uh, National Committee. And what it said is, where is your so-called global warming? Because if you chart the temperatures, you can go back into the 70s and come up to today, and there's almost no warming. I mean, less than one degree warming since 1978, and absolutely no warming since 1998. What kind of deal is that? (laughs) I love this guy. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what kind of deal it is. It's the kind of deal that's full of silliness if you're promoting climate change and global warming. We are in one of the most stable and beautiful periods of Earth's climate you could hope for. And look at the stark contrast between the spaghetti of the many models of atmospheric warming created by various uh, people who have gotten tens of millions of dollars of federal grant money Mm -hmm. and worked for the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Mm -hmm. And there's the average of all their models. And then here's the real temperatures as measured both on Earth and with our satellites. And, (laughs) folks, it's just not happening. I love the fact that he says measured, by the way, which I learned from you. 
So he in '67 goes to Harvard and has a uh, and and he still has now he has this paper about CO2 and he's saying hey you know this is a greenhouse gas this could uh, this could uh, cause some warming so he's on the warming side this is a Roger Revel one of his students can you guess who his student was James Hansen wrong uh. Al Gore oh that first year one of his students was this young man Al Gore. The only science class Al Gore ever took. Revelle didn't remember having him in class. But, oh, Al Gore, who got a D in the course, was highly impressed. He got a he was, D? He got a D. <laughs> in his one science course? Uh-huh. Oh, brother. The son of a politician out of Tennessee. And he used what he learned there to start his global warming campaign. He wrote a book called Earth in the Balance. He ran for the U.S. Senate. He claimed that you know, the Earth was being challenged by our burning of fossil fuels, and he got him elected to the U.S. Senate. And there in the Senate, he conducted hearings, bringing in scientists, and spreading the scare of global warming. And that's when the money began to flow from the government to research. And this was the booby trap. The booby trap, John. Because once billions of dollars of government funding was going out to these organizations and universities and research groups across the nation, uh, and they had to back that global warming claim that uh, Al Gore was promoting with their research. The research began to pile up. And if you were a young scientist, you didn't have a choice. You couldn't put out a research paper that said, oh, what warming? You'd be out of a job. You'd lose your job, your car, your family. You'd be Walking on the streets. This is really important stuff. People need to. I'm. I'm. I'm so happy this guy is doing it. And you got to respect. He's. Like, I think he's 83 or 84. You got to respect what he's doing here, and what he's saying because this is truly. And we have been very consistent about this. I didn't know of the Al Gore thing that he was. You know, his student. No. So but, every piece of information that comes out is more. Uh, more. Uh, indict. It's more indicting or whatever. Just a word I'm looking for. But yeah. More condemning. More damning. More damning. Everything that comes out is more damning, and it just, it just never ends. So now we have to add a new person to the mix. By the way, I do. It, it's disconcerting how some people, very few of it. I mean, Chris Hedges, uh, Ralph Nair. These guys have probably never taken a science course in their life either. And I, I just, it just um, astonishes me how everybody gets on board without, and they, but they're not doing any common sense thinking. It's just I don't know. I just I, this whole thing is it's very depressing. I think this is, well. So I think this little thing, and you know, we're past the halfway mark, uh, is good because when it's one thing to say, oh, it's bullcrap, but you know, now you have the story in your head, and you can say, hey, it was the guy at Scripps. He did this paper. He went to Harvard. Al Gore saw that, wrote the book, and then Al Gore bumped into Maurice Strong. No, you had to support it, Al Gore had taken Ravel and Seuss's research paper and used it to start the global warming campaign. And what did Al Gore say? He said, this is Roger Ravel. He was my mentor. He's my hero. He's the man who spread the alarm. Well, there was another man that picked that up. This man, Maurice Strong. Maurice had become a bureaucrat at the United Nations. And in 1972, he had a conference in Stockholm on the environment and... He, his whole goal was one world government. And he used that, the impetus of that global warming scare 
at that Stockholm conference to start the initiative that set up the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. So now we had the U.S. government and the United Nations both promoting climate change, and it all came from that Ravel Seuss paper and the research that followed and the dollars that were now flowing. And, man, it was underway big time. A bonanza. And you'll recall that Maurice Strong, with Albert Gore, started the Chicago Climate, uh, Carbon Exchange, uh, which they, they, it, didn't, it failed because you know, they haven't been able to price it properly. Uh, and that, they were, this was their plan from the beginning, 1972. Yeah, 1972. Let's get this going. Let's do cap and trade. We'll have the the carbon exchange. And when you when you are the the stock when you are the stock exchange, there's you know, there's money. That's the best. Yeah, that's, you get a piece of the action. Whether people are winning or losing, you make money consistently. Yeah, it's like owning a casino. Now the IPCC. Uh, this is where we're going to get into the simple fact that consensus is not science, and science is not consensus. Consensus is politics. Voting is not science. You don't vote on science. And the IPCC was a bonanza. So the IPPC, it had scientists and bureaucrats and politicians from throughout the world. Uh, It had the World Wildlife Federation, the Sierra Club, all the environmentalists, and they all got together and they voted that global warming was for real. Hear that? They voted. They voted global warming's for real. 99% voted. I've got to tell you something. You don't settle science by a vote. <laughs> it's not a political issue. It's not a vote. It's science. Uh, but never mind. They put out their reports. I think this is a good way to, to rebut that, by the way. Really, 99%? Did they have a vote? Oh, is science, science is now voting? Is that how we do it? You'll still lose because we don't have, you know, you're fighting $20 billion. And they spent a lot of time telling us how we were destroying planet Earth. And they had fancy meetings in tropical uh, locations. This is not to be undersold, by the way. Fancy meetings in tropical tropical locations all around the world. About the world. And the scientists uh, who supported global warming got the paid vacation trips to these big meetings and got to write these books and have their names and their careers. And man, it was a big deal. And what did Al Gore do? Well, he wrote a second book about global warming called An Inconvenient Truth. And we all know what became of that. So now I skipped over a whole bunch of parts which are very important. But essentially, uh, Roger Revell then rescinds. And, uh, and he says, hold on a second. Um, I've gone back, looked at the data... It's, this is not, this is, we got to be very careful with this. You, you can't be so alarmist because there's no evidence that this uh, greenhouse gas is causing global warming. And he did a famous interview in Cosmos magazine where he said this, and this is where everybody flipped. Everybody turned on him, including Gore. And then once he died, which is unfortunate, um, then the foundation, his family turned had turned on him and uh, wound up actually giving Gore the first ever Roger Revelle Award for climate change. His own family. And this guy was writing letters to congressmen and senators and the president saying, stop, stop, stop. I was wrong. My paper was wrong. This is, it, it certainly wasn't saying this. It was not, it's not going to destroy the earth. Stop. My own personal belief is that we should wait another 10 to 20 years to really be convinced that the greenhouse is going to 
be important for human beings in both positive and negative ways. So there it was. The man who had started the global warming campaign had put up the flag of warning. Hey, folks, this may not be for real. Caution, caution. Well, he even wrote an article that was published in a new science magazine called Cosmos. And he teamed with a uh, professor, uh, Fred Singer, to write that article. And that article was called, What to Do About Greenhouse Warming? Look Before You Leap. And the article concluded, and I quote, The scientific basis for a greenhouse warming is too uncertain to justify drastic action at this time. Wow! The man who had started it? Well, how did Al Gore react to that? Well, he said, I've made up my mind. Ravel is now senile. Pay no attention to that. (laughs) The debate is over. And you've been hearing that now for 20 years. Al Gore won't debate anybody. And he claims it's for real. So he literally turned on his mentor, the guy he said, oh, he's senile now. He's a old coot. Senile. Senile. Science is in. Debate is over. So that is the story of how global warming came to be today. Those are the players. Roger Ravel, Mari Strong, Albert Gore. And to wrap it up, I, I like this part the best. Uh, our friend here, John Coleman, is going to say, tell you what we can do about this. What would you say we can do about this, John? <clears throat> Not a damn thing. Now, what's going to defeat this global warming scare? I don't think we, it's like, a, it's like David and Goliath, I don't think we can defeat $4.7 billion, the Democrat Party, the United Nations, uh, and uh, the Sierra Club and the Wildlife Federation and all of them. Uh, they just claim that we're deniers and uh, old goats. <laughs> <laughs> old goats! And they, they think we're bought and paid for by the, by the, the uh, big oil companies, which we are not. Uh, don't have anything to do with them. But uh, I don't think we can defeat them. You know what's going to defeat them? Time. A few more bitterly cold winters, a turn toward a colder climate, when the global warming fails to materialize in time, people will begin to believe. And I have noted that recent, a recent Gallup poll shows that more and more people are saying, global warming, that's not the big deal. Uh, we got a lot of big deals going on. The list of their concerns is very interesting. Those are on it. But global warming's down toward the bottom of the list. There you go. Time. Yeah, I've always felt that way. I think that's it's good because it get, keeps us, uh, the two of us and this show and our, our producers and listening audience and everybody in between the knights and the dames, it keeps us in a kind of a, a state of, uh, I would have to say enlightenment, uh, because if you understand some of these mechanisms and what's going on and you take this side that, that Coleman takes and that approach, I think it, it makes you a better person. It makes you less nervous about we're all going to die. I mean, that one thing you played with that one guy, he says, we're all going to die. Yeah. That's what Chris Hedges said. Yeah. We're all going to die. The human race is through. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. 
What does he know about this? No, so it's very. And Abby Martin, she's got their big eyes, those big, big cow <laughs> eyes looking. Cow eyes. I think doe, doe eyes. I think. A, oh, doe eyes. Okay, she's got big <laughs> doe eyes looking at the camera. Oh, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. You know, I, I maybe it's just some trick to get laid. We're all going to die. Let's get laid. Well, no, that's that's not a bad idea. I think I can flip-flop from time to time. <laughs> hey, baby, let's try this thing out because we're going to die anyway. We're going to die from global warming, man. <laughs> we might as well try this. I have an, Hey, I have an idea. Let me put it here. We're going to die anyway. We're all going to die. <laughs> so I applaud uh, John Coleman uh, for putting out that video. Uh, yeah, old old goat, a good old goat. And, of course, that's in the show notes. You can find that at uh, 600-600.nashownotes.com or noagendanotes.com. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, you can send that all you want to people. They won't watch it. and be like, who's this old goat? Who's this coot? But when you know, and I agree with you, John, when you know in your heart how this worked, that this opportunist from Tennessee saw his plan... And went, hey, I can make, and this is how he got, became senator and, um, and, you know. Almost president. Almost president, that's sure. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a huge scam. And it's, it's a good one. You know, that's a beauty. I think it's a, a great scam. It's worked very well. Now, but when, just to, just to finish, but when you, when you get, because this thing is coming out in April, when you see this, James Cameron, I mean, the man made Titanic come back alive. I mean, that looked pretty damn real. Oh, you know, Cameron is dangerously good. So whatever you, you're going, and I just looked at that trailer, there are so many, and I've, with television, I've learned a few tricks, but you can have, you know, 12 frames of something, and it, it really irks people's brains, and it makes you feel bad, and you're worried, and yeah, exactly, I'm going to die, we're all going to die, it's all over, we're going to die, we're going to die. But the bottom line is, already, only in the United States of Gitmo Nation, I'm not talking about the EU's, $22 billion last year was spent. Did it fix anything? No. It was really just research and tax breaks and money for battery powered things i i don't i didn't get any battery car i didn't get anything for free i didn't get any i didn't get any tax break so you think about that and then you know and then you can feel good and you can sleep well at night that we all well we're not going to die from global warming but here's adam curry's secret nobody gets out alive I wanted to play one little, last little clip, short one at the end, mm -hmm. which is just to show you the kind of, you know, scientists are very dedicated is the meme. Uh, we have a piece of an episode from Grimm, which is about uh, people who transform into various kinds of monsters. A very good show, actually, based on uh, a thought about Grimm's fairy tales actually being true stories, which is why it's called Grimm. And this was just a scene in the movie where some maniac is wrecking the place. And this is the, this is a little piece of propaganda to make you think that scientists are really this, really, really this dedicated. And do you have any idea who this man is? Yes, we have. It appears their agenda is political. Well, I don't care what their agenda is. This is science. I won't be scared into not doing my research. This man is not your normal radical. <laughs> what did he say at the end? He's not your normal radical. Shut up already. It's science. 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 The science is in. 
The science is in. Science. All righty. And that wraps up another episode of the best podcast in the universe. 600 episodes in the can. <laughs> you did it. I know. <laughs> I want to thank Mark Pugner for all of his work on promoting the No Agenda show. And a reminder that we will return on Thursday with episode 601. There will be more to discuss because we are medicine for today's media sickness. I came out almost right. We yeah, are the medicine. You should write that one down. We're the medicine for your media ailment. No? We're the medicine, but we're something no, like no, that. No, you're making it worse. Guardians of reality, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Yeah, right. yeah that was good. I, I agree that uh, I have to look at that whole thing because this guy has been around talking about He talked about a lot of the numbers. Came, it's just the guy's great. Yeah. And, uh, hey, and, and John, the global warming thing is annoying. Hey, John, thank you. 600 well, episodes. been fun. I like it. Well, thank you, Adam Curry. Thanks all the ships at sea. And, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Coming to you from FEMA Region 6 here in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it seems to be extra warm today. <laughs> and we're in a drought. <laughs> Climate change is to blame. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Right here on No Agenda. Why? Because donating is love. Don't eat me, Hillary Clinton. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.